welcome to the Bookworm's Treasure. If there's not a particular book you're looking for, might I suggest a personal favorite of mine? Here, give this a read. Food. It's a universal constant. It's necessary for life, of course, but food is way more important than mere sustenance. It's part of a culture's identity and the family history that is passed down from generation to generation with the recipes that they make. It provides comfort when times are tough and joy when we're celebrating some happy occasion. And all you got to do is think about a food fight to show how funny it can be. So it's no surprise that for today's adventure, four wonderful people are willing to risk everything for a bowl of macaroni and cheese. Hello, everyone. I know usually this is uh, D4, where Dustin and Devin co-DM a fifth edition game of Dungeons and Dragons. But today, I have taken over this channel to DM a fifth edition game of Dungeons and Dragons that actually is written by the wonderful Deborah Ann Wall, saving the children's menu. Uh, but as much as I might be the person running the game, uh, these characters you might recognize. <laughs> And I will give them a chance to introduce themselves in just a moment. I do want to thank our sponsors, uh, Beetle and Grimm, D&D Beyond, Meeple Madness, Die Hard Dice, Eldritch Foundry, and Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms. There is an Electrum chess code bouncing around on the screen somewhere, or you can get it in chat. Also, if you are looking for the grand finale of D4, that's coming up on January 7th at 4 p.m. Pacific, that's 7 p.m. Eastern, on this very Twitch channel. It's episode 200. It is the grand, grand final, final finale of, of finality. So you should probably come on by. That that might be a little more serious than this adventure. That's I, gonna be a lot more serious than this adventure. This I just adventure realized be, something. Yes. It's a year and a day to the first, or a five years and a day to the first episode. I'm I'm calling Faye shenanigans. You know what's not happening here? Any face shenanigans. Oh, We're, no, I, hey, spoiler alert, no face shenanigans. Otherwise, there will be shenanigans, but we should probably uh, get ourselves introduced. Is is everybody ready to play a little game of d and I'm going to take that squeak of excitement as a yes. That so, is the intention. Good. I, I like squeaks of excitement. So, Daggerford. Some of you have been here before. Some of you have had some experiences here before, but it's been a little while for all of you. And there is a specific tavern in town that you all are going to be meeting at. See, it's been a while since you've seen each other. And somehow, Seisha found out you were all going to be in the town of Daggerford at about the same time and has arranged a meeting at the River Shining Tavern. Now, this place is not only comfortable and lovely, but it has become renowned across the Sword Coast because the, the main chef there, Chef Kaga, is amazing. The food that they prepare is exquisite, whether it is something as simple as a bowl of oatmeal all the way up to some of the fanciest food that you can find in the material plane. And so it's no surprise, Seisha, that you picked this place to come to. You very specifically wanted to bring your friends somewhere nice. And then you'd also heard about this one dish, uh, stumble noodles, 
that seems to be the speciality that Kaga is known for. But there is a huge menu of options that you can choose from as you walk in to the very comfortable, very homey inn and tavern. Uh, Goblin, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and who you are playing? All right, I am Goblin Katie, AKA Katie Downey, and tonight I am playing my D4 character, Seisha Vallisbard. Um, She is at this time an Oath of Knowledge Paladin and not quite inquisitive rogue, but she's a rogue. Um, she wears very battered full plate mail and uh, carries a large shield that has a huge amber in the center of it. And it basically looks like an eye. Um, the sword, sometimes hammer, sometimes scimitar, sometimes dagger that sits on her hip is made of this beautiful, beautiful sort of purple metal that shifts as you look at it. Um, and she is um, uh, flame-haired, long red hair pulled back in a long braid. Uh, her left eye is scarred and there is uh, mist that rises up from it, but she doesn't seem to, to mind and doesn't seem to bother her. And she just smiles as she walks in. <sighs> okay. It wow, this place is nice. It smells fantastic in here. You're not exactly sure what is being cooked that is that specific aroma. It could be a bunch of different things, but it is just so comfortable and homey that you instantly relax a little bit. And a tall, thin man wearing a crisp white jacket and some some nice trousers um, with a big, bright smile on his face approaches you and says, Ah, welcome. You are here for uh, a party, I assume. You look you look very excited and very armored. Uh, yeah, I... Uh, you just get used to it after a while and you feel weird without it. I would it not... smells amazing. Oh, yes, absolutely. Well, there's several things that are on, on the menu that, that you might be smelling. Is there something in specific that you are excited for? Uh, it's going to sound kind of silly, but um, I find you can always tell how good a place is by their oatmeal. That is not silly at all. It makes so much sense to me. Are you alone or are you expecting guests? I actually have three friends coming. I haven't seen them in a while, so this is going to be fun. <laughs> the the head waiter that you've been talking to kind of takes stock of your appearance, basically. The weapons, the armor, everything, and says, think we have a place that has a little more privacy in the back that would be good. I, I get the feeling that maybe you and your friends are going to need some room. Probably. Yeah, and we also might be kind of loud, so it, it may not be a bad idea. At least one of us. She gets loud. As long as it is happy loud, that is all that we care about. It is and always happy. He starts to lead you uh, through the crowd of people. There's families, there's single people, there's all sorts of a variety of um, sentient races and people in here having a, a grand time. And as you pass by each table, the sights and the smells of the food coming off of it are enticing. And as you are led to a table to sit down, Patty, mm -hmm. 
you enter, opening the door. You, I would say you just catch as Seisha is sitting down at a table in the far corner. But uh, before you go forward, V, why don't you introduce yourself and your character? Hi, everyone. I'm V Muse, pronoun she, her, and I'm playing Patty Jameson, also pronoun she, her. Um, and actually, you would hear Patty before she'd open the door. <laughs> <laughs> and what do we hear? Oh, you'd be hearing like this off tune singing and humming. And as she gets close to the door, you, he may not be a cutie bard, but when it comes to being happy, we are. There's not a patron today who can take me away from Jiggle. And That's she her. throws the door open as she says Jiggle. And, and you would see this very tall, furball woman. She's got dark red hair that's uh, significantly streaked with gray hair. And it's pulled up into a messy bun because that's pretty much how she operates. Uh, there's various things sort of sticking out of her hair. There's like a bit of hemlock on one side and a sprig of belladonna on the other side. And she has robes of jewel tones with various textures uh, like damask and then tapestry type of things going on. Uh, disheveled and uh, just these bright, bright green eyes and a massive smile on her face. And the second she sees Seisha, she probably startles the entire crowd and shouts, Oh! <laughs> and her arms go wide. Seisha's <laughs> goes up and there's just clanking all over. Um, the head waiter, the head waiter is very quick to get out of the line of fire as the two of you meet in the middle of the tavern for a giant hug. The people that you rush past, there's there's a moment where they're like, oh, but then they see kind of the joy on this reunion. Uh, and then they no one seems to mind as you all meet in the middle for this reunion hug. Um, and uh, not too far from the the place in where Seisha has saved some seats for you. So, oh, I uh, missed these hugs. <laughs> yeah, Patty, she's massive. She's like seven foot seven for a bulk, uh, cleric of great domain type of thing. So she'll like hug Seisha and almost like do like an upsie daisy kind of hug. And like, just like the back and forth. How you doing, kiddo? Good to see your face again. Oh, it's so good to see you. I've missed you. How are you? I'm grand. Oh, that's awesome. We've, um, there's two others coming. I've got chairs over here. Um, come tell me what you've been up to. And you actually notice oh. as Seisha points to the table and says, there's chairs over here, that tall gentleman, the head waiter, is in the process of removing one chair and replacing it with one that's a little taller, maybe more appropriate for your, your stature. And you might want to get two more like that, actually. Oh, that is very good to know. Thank you. Thank yeah. you very much. Uh, welcome. Welcome. Have a seat. If it's not comfortable, let me know. Um, is there anything that you are particularly interested in while I bring out some water and hors d'oeuvres? Oh, uh, I place my order now? Uh, it's mostly I make sure that it's something that we have on the menu. You got that yellow curry, abyssal chicken and rice? Oh, I believe we do. I mean, I smell the curry. I will go back and check right now. Okay, and make sure it's extra spicy. <laughs> and as you take a seat, Kuzima, you probably heard all of this as you were approaching the door, um, only moments behind your two friends. And so, Omega, why don't you introduce yourself and your character, please? 
Hey everybody, my name is Omega Jones, also known as Critical Bar, Critical Bar across all social media channels, my pronouns are he and they. Uh, I do too much in this world, I don't need to go through all the details, but you know me, you love me, maybe, if you don't like me, that's totally fine, I love myself. Uh, I am playing Kuzima, uh, pronouns he, him, uh, who is uh, mechanically a red dragonborn, but he looks so black you can't tell, he almost looks burnt, with like a touch uh, of redness uh, uh, beneath that. Uh, wearing uh, smoldering uh, armor uh, that's always kind of smoking off to the side. Uh, rags, it seems like he has on uh, upon like trousers and and ropes around his uh, ropes, like like pieces of uh, fabric around his ankles and his elbows, uh, elbows, wrists. Um, uh, he has uh, a very, very, very tattered cloak, uh, though somehow it seems to always burn at the edges. Uh, there's a tinge of something arcane to it. Uh, upon his head actually seems to be um, some kind of uh, diadem at this moment. Um, dark, uh, almost obsidian and make in a nice reddish orange uh, crystal. Uh, in the middle, uh, he is w- w- wielding a staff that is actually more of like a walking stick now, not just uh, something for um, uh, aesthetic uh, reasons. Uh, and this staff uh, was once uh, kind of simple and slender, burnt, uh, but now has taken on this almost like sickled edge. And in the middle um, of this sickle is a bright, glowing orb that seems to be a, some kind of draconic eye that's kind of floating in nothingness always kind of ever present ever watching uh and yeah i think uh he uh eventually looks and and kind of just spots through uh seeing the the the, the bombasticness of of patty and and Seisha just <sighs> kind of like steps through excuse me pardon me excuse me coming through my apologies uh and eventually just kind of like stands at the door uh at least the doorway gets waiting just oh my god uh just, just kind of gets waiting doesn't want to just in, in immediately interrupt uh the shenanigans going on <laughs> introduce you to my friend it, it's no it's kazima oh you guys know each other yeah it, oh that's it's... even better hi and Seisha jumps up and kind of runs over and stops just short and holds her arms out. Hug? He doesn't move. However, you do see crawling uh, all, all behind us, back and down to his shoulder, a small little uh, fiery salamander-esque uh, creature, uh, tongue just hanging out, just <laughs> immediately jumps onto. Oh, sweet baby. Oh, you're still warm. Hi. <laughs> Have you been good? Have you been taking care of Daddy? Yeah? Okay, good. <laughs> it is it is good to see you, Seisha and Patty. How are you? I'm grand. Well How about I, yourself? I, I I can't complain. I traveled all the way from Kalamshan. Well that's a hike, so uh nice that they're getting us some good sized chairs so we can rest. Not only are they true. sorry, go ahead. No, that is go go for it. And not only are they getting good sized chairs, but you do notice the the tall head waiter that has been helping you is now bringing over what kind of looks like a, a dog bed on a stool. Um, something that's just like 
perfectly sized for, say, a familiar or a pet or the variety of creatures that people might be coming in with, you know, large cats that might want to just hang out on your chest. And it's putting it next to one of the chairs and as they stand up, uh, looks at you and says, ah, welcome, welcome. Uh, let me know if you need something that is a little taller or shorter for your, your friend. And is there anything we can get started for you uh, that you're particularly interested in? Meat. Any specific meat? Meat. Particularly owlbear, if you have it. I believe we've got the shipment that's come on in. I'll, I'll, I will go check for you right away. Down in Kalamshan, they have this eatery where you sit and they bring you out uh, a, a monstrous amount of meat. I am now a fan of meat. That sounds meat lovely. Is delicious. I don't know if we can compete with a monstrous amount of meat, but I'm pre pretty sure Chef Kaga will have something for you. And as he uh, walks off to go see about placing some orders and heads back towards the door, Brunschlager enters. The last, but not least, of our quartet, Paladin, would you introduce yourself and your character, please? Hi there. My name is HGT Paladin, otherwise known as Paladin. I'm an interviewer, writer, graph designer, and tired person in the TTRPG space. Uh, my pronouns are they, them. Today I'm playing Brunschlager, pronouns he, him. Brunschlager looks like uh, a suit of plate mail on the run. Uh, with the notable, noticeable exception being the, the helmet being like a half, uh, half head helmet, ending with just this large chain curtain covering from the cheeks down to the neck. He's uh, on his back is swinging a large shield with a very large, disturbingly unnerving eye in the center of it. And around his right hand is just a series of chains spiked. And all of this armor and change do, uh, chains do not seem to phase the head waiter who comes over to you, still big smile on his face and says, ah, welcome, welcome. Are, are you here with the other heavily armored party that's over in the corner? What gave it away? I made an educated guess, but, you know, I I can always be wrong. I will let you go and uh, get a seat. We found something that was a little taller for you. Do you have an order you would like to place? Uh, something that you are especially interested in? Straws. I had heard you have straws here. Straws? As in the thing that you put in the drink and sip out of? Yes. We have a variety of straws that are very uh, good for the environment. Would you like something to sip out of that straw? What do you have? Uh, a, a wide selection of things. Uh, we mostly serve families, so, you know, simplest fares. But I, I did just get an order for some abyssal chicken and curry. So if you're looking for something a little more exotic, I can help with that. Good. Yes, this sounds fine as well. Long as you bring me something to drink through a straw. I can bring you several things to drink through a straw. Thank you, thank you. Uh, and he goes rushing off to take care of things. Brunschlager, by the time you make it over to the table where your three companions are happily chatting away, 
all of you have uh, water and bread with some really nice olive oil and vinegar, and all of you have straws. Um, and Brunschlager, you arrive clanking over at the table with all the other heavily armored people. Guys, I'd like to introduce you to Brunschlager. Brunschlager, bud. Hello. It's been oh. a while. Hold, wait. You see him look at Brunschlager, looks at Patty, looks at Seisha, but like almost looks past Seisha for a moment. The last time the three of us were together, a god died. Is this about to happen again? I what hope god? not. I hope Hurt not. the first time. Wait, what god? Bane. It was no big deal, really. Just, just a minor. Just a minor. Wait. Him. You three Petunia. were the ones with Finley when that happened? Yes. Uh -huh. Why didn't she ever tell us? Mm. Oh, I really hope there's not going to be another god dying. And I is at that not. point, <laughs> it's at that point that uh, the, the head waiter comes over, giant platter on his shoulder and says, the only thing that is dying today is lots of chicken and serves the four of you the things that you had asked for. Say, should a big steaming bowl of oatmeal with all of the fixins. Patty and Brunschlager both get their uh, abyssal curry chicken. Uh, Kuzima, the owlbear is perfectly seasoned. Yes. And uh, there's a variety of drinks that are available, all with straws. Um, and he asks just before he leaves, are all of you new in town, I assume? Returning visitor. I have never touched this land before, no. Okay. I I mean, I passed through before, but I think I went to a place that was like the Ocean Dim Inn. Oh, I have heard of this place before, yes. Uh, but not local to, to the city. No, it was on the outskirts, kid. Hmm. That is very good to know. But please enjoy your meal. And he goes walking off. Good question. Yes. Um, have there been any more exploits of the cat man? Not that I know of, but we did add something to the menu that uh the, the children really like uh cookies that are little cat paws, and you can get them on um what did he call it? Uh that are cooked on something that looks like a hot tin roof. Okay, I'm going to need like, a box of those when we're ready to leave, if if I could add that, please. Absolutely, I will add that. And he goes rushing on off, leaving you to chat amongst yourselves for a moment. You see, uh, Thanks, Kuzima... Oh, go for it. Sorry. What did the cat man do? <laughs> so, um, years and years ago, when we were here, um, Voss and V were trying to break in someplace. I know, weird combo. And... Um, it ended up where uh, V got caught, and so she told the guards that caught her that um, she was trying to track someone down, and he thought he was a cat. Well, Voss had already broken in, I think, and done what he needed to do or something, and so he came out, and the guards were helping her try to find the cat man, and um, Voss went with it, and thus the legend of the cat man of Daggerford was born. Gotcha. You had to be there. It was great. Sounds it. Um, uh, as they're talking, uh, Kuzima is just like uh, t 
taken a small piece of his meat um, with his uh, claw and just like cut it like a very small section and just put it off to the side. And Zawadi is currently just like chopping and like like a turtle eating a strawberry very much. Uh, do we have to kill this cat man? Is this why we are here? Or? No, no, he's he's already dead. Uh, do we need to resurrect this cat man and then kill him again or? No. No, we're we're going to let uh, dead bosses lie. Okay, well. But how are you guys? What have you been up to? I mean, I've uh, been doing my pil pilgrimage of uh, grave rubbings. Those have been great. I got a nice book pulled together and everything. Ooh, I'd love to see it later. Sure. Brunschlager, uh, have you been farming? Brunschlager is halfway done with his food already mm. <laughs> uh without stopping to without stopping eating telepathically he goes i've been pressing flowers oh it's so lovely. i have i have a lot of daffodils mostly daffodils grow where i am am but it i have other things too like tulips oh i wonder i would love to get Gariel an anniversary gift do you think you could do some um columbine and rose pressed floral arrangements under a glass i mean i'm going to be honest with you it's mostly me just taking a flower and pressing it in between the book really flat so i don't know what you're talking about mm. still but if you if you want a flower like one micron thick i can do that for you Yes, exactly. What yes. type of rose are you interested in? Just a wild rose. By wild, you mean untamed, or do you have like a certain color? color? Uh, um, like a non-domesticated rose, one you wouldn't, one you would find growing in a field, not in a garden. And as as uh, Seisha's speaking about this, Zawadi is kind of like pipes up, and he and Kuzima's been focused. Uh, Zawadi just kind of climbs over onto Kuzima, goes into like this small little pack, um, kind of rummages through, and like starts to like chew on something, and like spits it out. And as he does, Kuzima's eyes just flash for a moment, and you see as he drew a crafts um, uh, some kind of rose esque uh, flower um, from the seed that Zawadi has pulled out. It's again to that. Exactly like that. Uh, Zawadi he... will then take the uh, flower and give it to Bruce Lager. Oh, oh that was amazing. Good. You haven't lost your touch. I'm now going to press this flower. <laughs> Do you pull out a book and immediately just go and press a flower? Yes, just immediately. Oh, yes, what kind of... You just immediately... Right there, flower pressed. <laughs> it make that noise, absolutely. Uh, After like a he... moment, Brunchaka goes, this is the wrong book, but I have to commit. Mm. <laughs> what what book is that? Oh, yeah, what book is it? I have been drawing my goat. Your goat? I have a goat. Just one? It showed up one day. I don't know, I can't get rid of it. What color is this goat? Like white fur, spotted okay. black. Why? Why? I, I I just wanted to make sure it wasn't a solid black goat. Why? Because... Before Seisha can answer, because that's a whole other story. Kuzima, 
Uh, maybe it's because you had taken this moment to let Zawadi grab the seed, or maybe it's because of your super high passive perception, but you do notice across the way, um, the head waiter that had seated you all and has been taking care of you this whole time is speaking to another human, um, tall in a impressive chef's outfit in whites and blues, uh, darker skin with kind of a, a forced smile, you can kind of tell. And the, the two of them are talking a little bit and you actually watch as the head waiter points towards your group and this other gentleman starts to approach and can i tell well like i probably can't like lips i don't have like observant i can't like uh read the lips or anything but uh can i tell like intent like is he just like hey this is a group like go go, go serve them or because we already got food so i like, just kind of see like what can i get any type of idea what the conversation might have been about like or the, the vibe of the conversation can give me an insight check yeah first uh, roll of the game Yes. Oh, oh, we didn't do a roll off. And my new black dice that I got. Ooh, Ooh where are those from? North Foundry. Good oh, luck reading that. I, I could it's not read very, that. It's very like, <laughs> I want guidance this because I think these guys kind of intentional. Uh, that, that With solid dice like that? Still a 22. My do. So the way that you pick this up is actually not by trying to overhear the conversation or lip read, but you notice where they look and where is being pointed. The glance that this other gentleman, as they glance at all four of you, it's not as much faces as it is the armor, the shield, the staff. Um, you notice the, the demeanor is um, serious, but they're trying to put on a, a bright and happy face. They're, they're, trying to not you think maybe not uh worry any of the other people as they walk past um and Um, and you get the sense that they've picked up what the four of you kind of do for your living for your life what you have done and is approaching you because of that is there anything you'd like to do in that moment before he arrives yeah um kind of just parsing through that just for a moment uh kuzima always had um kind of a stoic Kind of, he doesn't show his feelings a lot on his face, uh, but he just kind of looks over and looks back at the group, specifically at uh, Patty and Seisha, noting that Brunschlager is already eaten. Um, if you have not consumed your food and you wish to do so, I would advise you do so now. It seems that we are being um, picked at. Picked at? Seisha hurriedly scoops some butter into the oatmeal and pours a little milk into it, mixes it up, and starts... <laughs> just going to town on the oatmeal. So, sorry, just the hand motion. Did you just, did you just like raw hand grab the butter on the table? <laughs> you know what? Yeah. Yeah. I've Great. been at sea for a while. So yeah. <laughs> All right. Just wanted to affirm that no one else is getting butter today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Picked that as in scoped out. We might be. Oh, well, that's always grand and. Patty goes into her side satchel and she pulls out this container with a lid and she'll take a bite of her chicken and then put some into the container and then take a bite of the chicken. She goes, you know, just in case we need something for the road. <laughs> and it's at this point that the gentleman arrives, having overheard kind of the very end of the conversation, the demeanor of trying to keep 
a pleasant smile kind of drops a little bit to to be more serious and he says was i that obvious that i was coming over to talk with you about business he's just that good i tend to make sure that individuals are not attempting to sneak up on me for different reasons i'm glad that you are not in that category well then i believe my instincts about the four of you were correct. Uh, my name is Chef Kaga. I am the head chef here at this tavern. But do you mind if I talk to you about hiring you for a favor? I mean, sure. I, I don't have anything planned other than spending time with my friends. It's what? not for kitchen work, right? Because you don't want me behind a stove oh yeah javier says i'm not allowed in the kitchen oh no 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 the tavern is fine we are well staffed and our staff are well paid and the problem is not the staff the problem is the supplies oh so i get the sense the four of you have been well traveled and potentially able to defend yourself and I'm very worried about a friend of mine, someone who is also one of our main suppliers of most of the fruits and vegetables for this tavern, specifically some of the, the very specific ingredients I need for our stumble noodles, but some other things as well. Uh, are you familiar with Ar Arthur Holrow? No. Mm-mm. I'm assuming a history role would not, is this a local person or can I make a history check? It is a local person. Okay, then so, no. So the author is a, a dear friend of mine and the one that we patronize for almost all of our supplies and for a very long time, everything has been fine, but we stopped hearing from him about a month ago, which was worrying, but everybody takes a vacation sometimes it's a little hard i mean it is it is late in the spring and sometimes the roads are muddy maybe something happened but after a little while we got very concerned and i hired some 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 folks like you to go out and check to make sure that nothing untoward had happened uh I was very very concerned and i probably hired people too quickly uh, they were young, they were eager, and I have a feeling they went in, swords drawn, ready for battle. Because that was about a week ago when I sent them. And I don't know exactly what happened, but unfortunately their, their bodies were retrieved from the river a day ago. Oh. So whatever they encountered at the Holrow farm, I have this horrible feeling. We're good. Hey, thank you, everybody. Sorry we had uh, brief technical difficulties, but we are back. Uh, did they hear any of the things that I had said? No. Mm -mm. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. You know, I'm just a DM. It's not important. Give them that, that fancy rundown, Lauren. Okay, real quick. Uh, the four of them have been approached by the head chef of this tavern, asking to hire them to go check out a friend's uh, farmstead Arthur Arthur Holrow. I don't know why I have such a hard time saying Arthur. 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 Me too. 
I don't know why. Um, and he's afraid that he sent in his in his interest of finding out as quickly as possible, he sent some inexperienced people to go check on things. And unfortunately, those people uh, came back deceased. And uh, the question had just been asked if bodies could be looked at and Kaga is going to sigh and say, uh, unfortunately not. They were sent down to Waterdeep as I believe that's where the they had originated from and hoping to find some families. So, of course, there was. Where was the atrocity? Um, where did it happen again? Well, I had sent them to the Hulro farmstead, which is not very far from here. It's only about an hour or two by foot. I can give you directions. It's basically follow the river. It's a wonderful farmstead. And as far as I know, there shouldn't be any problems, but obviously there is. Hmm. You may not be able to um, speak with those who have passed, but the plants in nature also speak. So that was anything to note that could be are are you three willing i i feel like it they could use help i highly doubt the lord of fire sent me up to daggerford just to have commune i love the idea of it but things tend to happen in tandem yes they do well i'm sure jiggle wants me to figure out what's going on here because you know yeah. Brunschlager, are you bored? Beast and the fight. Let's go. Excellent. <laughs> well, hopefully no fight, unless it's absolutely necessary. If you can figure out what's going on, I my main concern is my friend. Right. Hopefully everything you find is has been figured out. Um, and you can see on the look on his face, he doesn't even believe it as he's saying that, that like, this is him holding on to a slim hope. What and does he says, your friend look like? Um, he was, um, he is, he is. Uh, human, about mid-size, shaggy brown hair. Uh, he was, he and his family are very attuned to nature. Um, so probably wearing normal farmer's clothing. Mm -hmm. Um. He, he has a family at this location as well. As far as I don't know, most of his family have gone off to other pursuits. Okay. Um, and so he runs, he runs this uh, on his own. However, well, he's, he's, good. Me, he's a, he is a very, very talented man. And one of the reasons that I enjoy getting my produce from him, not just because of him being a friend, uh, the stuff that he sends are of a particularly high quality. In fact, one of the reasons that, I don't know if you've heard about our stumble noodles, the uh, the macaroni and cheese dish, uh, the kids around here really love it. But when I get just the right cheese from, from Arthur, it's magical, the things that I can do. I, I, I happen to have the right training to be able to do those things, but you know, it's... It also comes from the cheese. Uh, so if first priority, absolutely find out what happened to my friend, make sure he is okay. If everything is taken care of and you are able to return, would you also pick up a few things for me? Just just a few. 
I will absolutely pay you whatever you are looking for. And I will then make the finest stumble noodles you have ever tried. I will do this. And for payment, if everything goes well, I would like a bowl of the stumble noodles. Stumble noodles. Done. And he looks to the rest of you. I, I'm going to be the one that seems rude, so I will not speak. You want money, don't you? No, I just don't care about the other aspects. I, but if I can help in some way, I will. I don't need the payment. You I'm see all that for a good hunt and gather. You you see, uh, Kaga is actually kind of happy with that, and you almost see on his face as you say that like a satisfaction like oh this time maybe i've picked the right people to send but he looks over if at whatever i would get can be split amongst the three of them then so be it absolutely a hundred percent whatever you need my concerns are only to find out from what's gone on with my friend um and he reaches into his pocket and pulls out a a little flip book of paper and a pencil and quickly scribbles down a few things and hands it on over and says, as I said, if everything is okay, you can return with a couple of things that would be excellent. Um, I'm really interested in a, a wheel of his cheese aged exactly seven seasons. It's That's what the real magic is. But I also need some of the mustard seeds. I believe he's got a specialty garden for that. And the milk that comes from his cows, it's the finest milk I have ever tasted. And those three things are absolutely necessary for my special stumble noodles. Uh, now, if you cannot return with that, and all you can return with is information on what happened to my friend, that will get you all the payment. But without that, I can't make the stumble noodles. Yeah, and that shouldn't be a problem. I wrote it all down here in my scroll. <laughs> and I wrote it into our brutal Berkshire's chat. Uh, he also <laughs> pulls out a piece of paper and gives you some very quick directions to the Hullrow farm, which are pretty much exactly what he said. You're going to head north following the river. It's going to take about an hour of walking. You're going to go off the path a little bit to the farmstead. And it should be obvious to see from the uh, from the road. And it's kind of a gorgeous spring day outside. So you don't think it's going to take too long to get there. And he, as he hands over those directions, he says, is there any other information I can give to you before you go? I, I'm afraid I'm I don't have much, but anything I can think of is yours. We can talk after. For my payment, I'm just going to want names of the people before. Just, you know, that's something I kind of need to log for the big guy. He looks confused for a second, like he doesn't really understand, but he nods and says, I, I can find out those names for you by the time you return. Absolutely. Much appreciated. And Shall we? Looks over at Brunschlager's. Brunschlager, you've said nothing for most of this. Runeslager's been just sipping away at the different drinks. I want 50 <laughs> like of these. Like everyone's? 
<laughs> just reaching over and taking everybody else's drinks and trying them. Do you know how hard it has been to drink liquids with this on? That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Can we get a couple straws to go for my friend here? Absolutely. Yes. And you said you wanted 50 of them? 50. Absolutely. I can have them ready to go as soon as you return. They're very environmentally friendly. When you're done with them, just um, they they turn back into the mulch that is used to grow everything else. Oh, that's nice. And he'll provide with you uh, three straws of three different sizes that you, you think two of the smaller ones are for like water and other regular drinks and the bigger ones are maybe for like if you're drinking boba or something uh, and uh, hands them on over and says, uh, it's early enough in the day. I would ask that you go today if that's possible. What else would we be doing? I don't want to assume anything, but that that is excellent. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, and he'll leave you all to finish your meals. And if there's anything else you'd like to do, uh, let me know, or we can get on the road. Um, yeah, I think I think um, he has like a small little like leather, like a more solid pouch. And he puts a couple of the uh, out there uh, flanks in them uh, just to half of the road. Um, uh, honestly, what happens is like he gets like three of them, and then Zawadi just sits on each of them and just dries them out um, as much as possible, and <gasps> then stores them away. Um, I am ready whenever you are. Brunschlag is going to hand the flower over to Seisha. Oh, it's perfect. Thank you. And she pulls out a book and opens it and carefully puts the flower in it, closes it, and you see on the spine, Tusk Love, Volume 1. And she puts it back in her pack. Somewhere. my sketchbook. <laughs> somewhere on a different plane of existence in uh, a, a tavern that is being used as a legal fighting pit, there's a dragonborn cleric who suddenly goes, wait, I wanted that book back eventually. <laughs> <laughs> and then the camera kind of pans away from that little cut back to all of you. It's been an hour and a half later. Look, doodly doodly doo. And you have all arrived at the homestead of Arthur Holro. The directions were not only simple, but accurate. As you leave the path to follow the river, you eventually arrive at this lush area Um there's a huge hill that uh, is kind of framing this whole homestead. There's gates around that are keeping penned in a bunch of farm animals. Um, you see happy pigs and goats kind of walking around. Some of them come up to you and are perfectly friendly. Closer to the actual large homestead itself, the, the house, you see chickens and uh, a couple of turkeys and some geese. Um, you see actually along one of the fences as you're walking on up and a, a very large fuzzy cat, long haired cat that just kind of eyes you as you go by, um, but will accept scritches if you go for them and kind of heads off. Um, 
And as you're up approaching and see this whole farmstead, uh, let's let's get a round of perception checks from everybody. <laughs> and and I will ask for those numbers individually. Okay. Fuck me. Check out what my perception is at this point. Uh, Paladin? I got one of them fancy 19s. Ooh, 19. And um, Patty? A spiffy 21. Ooh. Well, all and right then. Kuzima? Uh-oh. I did guidance. It's just funny. 36? Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Seisha, can right, you beat a 36? Me, oh no. <laughs> I can't beat a 36 at level 18. <laughs> <laughs> what did you get? Um, I got a 14. Excellent. All of you notice a few things as you are arriving. First off, the house is huge and gorgeous. It's one of those older buildings that's obviously been around for a few generations and has been kept in very good repair. You also notice attached to it, kind of from where you're walking up to, towards the back right side, there's a greenhouse attached to this building um, that is shining in the mid-morning sun. The whole area around here, you get the sense it has been well kept until recently. Everything's just starting to get a little bit overgrown. Everything's just starting to look like it hasn't been as well tended to. It hasn't fallen apart yet, but you can definitely tell the difference between things uh, that are usually kept in amazingly immaculate order, especially for this large of a farm. You notice uh, on the left-hand side where some of the actual uh, plants are planted, you see beans, garlic, shallots, cabbages, onions, bunches of different vegetables. Uh, a little bit further out, you see a bunch of trees that are fruit-producing, apple, cherry, pear, um, and many other flourishing plants that uh, all of this, the fruit and vegetables and anything else that can be harvested, it's been on the tree or the vine just a little too long. Some of this should have been definitely picked by now. Um, can we go check on the animals? Uh, you can in just a second. You y'all. Oh, that that was Sasha in game. Yeah. Y'all rolled super high. <laughs> uh, there's one other thing that you all notice, which is um, west of the house, you do notice under one of the few trees that's not specifically a, a, a fruit-bearing tree, you see a giant, gorgeous willow, and under it you see a couple of plots, uh, grave plots, that you can... Um, that you can see, none of them have heads, headstones, but you can definitely see where three have been basically placed. Recently or older? Uh, well. Patty's gonna zoom right over and check that out. Like that's literally <laughs> her game. That's okay. her jam. <laughs> Kuzima, as uh, Seisha asks about the animals, as uh, Patty heads towards the graves, Kuzima, you notice a couple of other things. All of the windows on the house are boarded up. You cannot see inside of this house anywhere. 
Um, it's completely just closed off. Although you're not sure about the door itself, but all the windows are boarded. Um, and you will notice before people get to it, two of the graves are quite old, old enough that they've been there for a while. One of them is fresh. And as Seisha, as you kind of look around following Patty and Brunschlager, as you are looking around, all the animals here seem well cared for. None of them seem to be lacking for anything. It looks like uh, m most of what has fallen into disrepair seems to be just the general upkeep of this place, but all the animals seem happy and friendly and- okay. They've had food and water access and- Yeah. Cool, okay. Well, the plants seem to have suffered a little bit or have overgrown or whatever, mm -hmm. all the animals seem perfectly fine. Um, huh. uh, um, when you say fresh, uh, I, you know, it might not seem like it to the naked eye, but Kuzima is a druid. Um, can I tell how fresh? Like, is this like within the day, within the last hour, now, like, are they walking into something that's gonna be a problem? Um, with that 36 even from this distance, maybe a week and a half, a week, 10 days? It okay. recent enough that the mound of dirt is still there, it hasn't depressed, but not, you don't smell that fresh, fresh earth smell of something gotcha. that's been recently dug. Okay, uh, then as uh, Patty is walking over with Seisha, uh, that one, and uh, and um, Zawadi almost like points to it, like body gets very uh, stiff to point it directly at the area. Uh, that one is the freshest. That might be the, um, didn't he say that the body was sent back to Waterdeep? Well, the ones that, the, that they found from the, you know, previous scouting crew. And that is a curiosity. It's a concern, too. Um, Patty's going to use her eyes of the grave just, just to make sure there's nothing untoward kind of floating around. Sure. Um, remind know? me that you're sensing undead, I believe, right? <sighs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, as an action, I can know the location of any undead within 60 feet that isn't behind total cover and isn't protected from divination magic until the end of my next turn. Do not sense any undead anywhere. It's, it's actually a little, like, you, you set that off as you all have approached these graves, and it almost helps with the relaxing atmosphere because it's this bright, sunny day, the birds are chirping, the animals are around. If it wasn't for, like, the serious reason that you're here, this would actually be kind of pleasant. Um, the one thing you all notice as you finally step up to these gravestones, or these graves, there's no stones, the fresh grave has flowers placed on them, a little bou bouquet that seem a couple days old. Okay, that's interesting. That usually means that someone's paid honor. Exactly, and recently, but looking at the overgrowth and state of all the vegetation, it's been a while since someone took care of the plants, but you said this is recent, and the flowers were at least recently placed. And the animals are being cared for. The animals are being cared for. So someone's stopping by. Yeah. Or where's coming that, out. Where's that cat? Um, 
Oh, wait, oh. I can find him. <laughs> From behind the willow tree, like magic, as cats usually are, the, the big fluffy cat appears. Meow. I'm not making the cat sounds because we're going to get three of them in here. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> totally fair. Mine is right here. <laughs> Listen, like, I heard the sound. I, I have a lot of jobs oh. as your DM, and if that means I have to make all the cat noises so that those of you with cats are safe, I can do that. Yes. Um, uh, looking at the cat, he just kind of like stares for a bit, and I don't think I'm going to worry about making the ritual cast. Uh, he's going to cast Speak with Animals. Um, uh, you smell like burning. Fourth. There we go. <laughs> the cat looks up at you. You smell like burning. That is accurate. Are you well cared for? I care for myself, thank you very much. And the cat kind of preens a little bit, but then immediately starts to wind its way around all of your legs. Brunschlager, you're pretty sure it's leaving hair behind on your uh, on your greaves as it's looking for pets. It's looking for I'm switches. gonna go to grab it. Alright, uh, are you trying to be like gentle or like scruff of the neck? Gentle, it's an animal. Okay, if you're gentle, then yeah. Cat will absolutely let you pick them up. Uh, Oh, yes, right there, right there, right under chin. This is an appropriate tribute, yes. <laughs> we are, um, if you do not mind, we are looking for some answers. Who has cared for you or have come by recently? Well. Do you know what they look like? Recently has been the really, really big one. And before that, it was the one who could also talk to me like you. Really, really big one. Mm-hmm. And then hey. the cat, um, Brunschlager, jumps out of your arms and pats on over to the fresh grave and sits next to it and says, they are not here anymore to talk to me. But the big one leaves out morsels. It's the big, the big one's not in the grave. Someone else is in the grave. Yes. The one that could talk to me like you can. I did not know there were others. This will make demands of food and tribute much easier again. Sure. Um, it, the big one. It, when did your eyes see them last? Oh, just earlier today. They are in with the smelly big cow things that moo. Constant is, mooing. Is big one nice? They have left me appropriate tribute. Well, um, I will see to it that you continue to get your tribute. Excellent. You may scratch right here. And he presents an ear to you. He like looks at it and then looks back at Brunschlager. As the conversation has been progressing, Seisha has just been kind of slowly inching closer and closer to the cat. And when it turns its head and presents the ear, she just goes. <gasps> uh, as you go to do that, Brunschlager yells in your head, Seisha, look behind you. <laughs> Brunschlager pets the cat. <laughs> All of you get purrs and happy noises and Kuzima, you also hear, ah, yes, my magic works on anyone who arrives, yes. <laughs> 
uh, out of cat speak back to the other humanoids. Um, it would seem that um, perhaps one who was uh, druidic or could speak to felines is within this plot. Another bigger individual was feeding them. They say they were here recently with cows. Not sure, but that could be a starting point, whoever this individual is. Kuzima, I will say at this moment, uh, I'm going to let that 36 ride as yes! you've been you've been told about cows. You actually, yeah, you do hear mooing coming from the opposite side of the house. Um, you can't tell if there's a barn back there or if there's just cows around. But now that you're clued in, yeah, you mm. definitely hear the sound of of milking cows, of think... cows that can be milked. Fair. Uh, and I think uh, he, shifting that, then he says, uh, and the big one that um, is surrounded by cows, perhaps that is where we need to go, unless there is. And he points to back to the grave, looking at Patty. I mean, they might have information too, if that is what you wish. But I mean, always. But yeah, let's see what our uh, moo cow friends have to well, I guess in your case, say, or maybe there's someone with them. We will find out. The the cat is still presenting ears at you, but it sounds like you're headed around towards the sound of cows. I think I think Zawadi so, yes. is going to be playing <laughs> with the cat. Um, Kazima, you very clearly hear ah toys, and there's a leap. And then uh, as the two of them play, it's kind of obvious that maybe the cat is more into uh, hunting than playing. And you think this this might not be just a pet cat. This might be a mouser as well. Fair. Mm. Uh, but I trust I, I Zuwadi to be fast enough. Yeah, Zuwadi is just kind of doing, like, kind of, come, come get me. Go over here, come get me. Kind of that vibe. <laughs> yeah. Um. Are you all heading just around the house towards the sound of the cows, or are you going anywhere else? Um, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna uh, kind of hang back, and uh, I want to inspect the uh, porch and just try to see if there's any sign of someone coming in and out of the house. Sure, give me an investigation check. I'm gonna make my way around and check all the doors. Take them away. Okay. We'll say you kind of hang, as Don't as come. all four of you are heading around the house, you kind of hang back a little bit to investigate the front porch, and then you can follow them to stay all together around the house, but you'll be the last one around. What'd you get? 27. Oh, just a little 27. The front porch looks like a lot of the other parts of this farmstead. Uh nice and at least well cared for on the outside, but maybe a little dirty, like it hasn't been swept in a while. Mm -hmm. You do also very clearly see the windows in the front boarded from the inside, so you cannot look in. Right. Um, the door itself doesn't look different in any way. You, you can't quite tell whether... Can I see tracks in the dust on the porch? No, you cannot. Perfect. Um, and as you come around the side, you do see two other things with your investigation check. Uh, the windows on the side 
also completely boarded up, including the ones on the second floor. There's a very tall house. Um, you also come across a bunch of plants that you recognize, if only because Chef Kaga has asked specifically, you do recognize uh, some three-foot-high mustard plants growing on some uh, a few raised beds on the side of the house with a bunch of different herbs. I'm just going to take some of them as we're making our way around. Okay. Um, give me a nature check. No, that's going to go well. <laughs> Fifteen. Mm. You're unsure at first when you're grabbing these because you recognize them as mustard plants, but you've only <laughs> ever really seen mustard at the table. And so you're a little unsure when you start picking, if you're even picking the right thing. Take the and... seeds or the stems or the leaves. Well, unfortunately, you realize as you pick one of the seed pods and you hear kind of the rattling around inside, you think to roll it in between your fingers a little gently and seeds fall out. And so you're able to harvest several of the seed pods uh, and you have mustard seeds. And as you pick this and start to make a, a beeline for your friends, who at this point have come around the back of the house, the rest of you, while this is all going on, you come around to see that there is a very large barn attached to the back of the house. Um, kind of like the same way the greenhouse was on the side. There's an attached barn that goes, that the, the large double doors on the front of lead out to what's obviously like a, a wagon stop that you can pull up wagons to. You all very clearly hear the mooing from inside. Everybody give me nature checks. Or I should say the three that just came around, give me nature checks. That's a six. It's That's a, a six. seven. That's a seven. <laughs> from the druid? <laughs> right. <laughs> Hold on. Your right, druid right, is as good as my ranger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listen, it happens. Uh, Lager, what did you get any better? Really happy I'm playing a high-end character. I got an 18. Excellent. Ooh. You know, sometimes you have to remember that some, some of those skills are int. Uh, as... You all walk around and uh, start to approach this barn. Brunschlager. This actually mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense. You wanted to be a farmer. You are a farmer. You're very familiar with kind of the natural sounds of a farm. We and while, farmers. while um, the mooing of cows is... Get out. <laughs> no, no, stay, stay. I want more. <laughs> the mooing of cows, totally normal. You out also recognize that sound. It's not just cows happy, it's cows being milked. That's the relief that they they moo when they're actively being milked. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I was fine until Katie broke. I was good until Katie. Listen, what happens in the backstage chat stays in the backstage chat. It's never fault. There's, I'm, there's I'm a too reason. I'm sick up. for this. 
I'm, as, I'm overheating. As much as I've been nervous about running this adventure for a while, <laughs> uh, I've been I've been more excited about running for these specific people. And uh, as much fun as y'all are having watching them. Oh yeah. my god. Oh man, relieved cows. What an yeah. adventure. I know, right? <laughs> You're right there, Katie. We good. We good. We good. We're good. Go on. Go on. Brunschlager. Exactly me. Brunschlager tele telepathically. I hear cows. <laughs> yes, we are heading. Oh, you said telepathically. Never mind. I'm not yeah. Dead. All of us. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know who it was too. Sorry. Hmm. Clank, 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 clank. We're heading, yes, to cows. I found mustard. They're being milked. Oh, okay, well, hopefully that means that someone's actually there then. How do we want is this to do all that? telepathically or is this some of this out loud? <laughs> I think the rest of us are out loud. Maybe would be out loud. Okay. Frankly. Okay. Just, be just behind <laughs> the visor, Brunschlager is seething. Uh, what makes you seethe even more is as these exclamations are happening, the you all hear the sound of movement from inside the barn. I'm sorry, movement? Movement. Movement. But not of a cow. Like, you hear someone walking around, but you're far enough away that you're unsure, like, how you could hear this person. Um, and then Kuzima. Because, uh -huh. yeah, you've, you've got that passive perception. Uh, you have walked far enough. I'm not going to say away from your friends, but you, you've been kind of leading since you heard the cow sounds. Yes. That you are far enough that you can actually see where the front doors of this barn are. The giant double doors that uh, hearts could roll into. They mm -hmm. were closed. Oh, no. And now you see just a little bit of movement as one of the doors cracks open and you see a face looking out. A face that is not at your height. Face that's maybe a good 20 feet up. Up? Towards the top of this barn, you see just an eye and a side of a head all the way up towards the top of this barn. Not like through a window, like just on the side of the barn. Yep, someone has opened the door. It's just like someone has opened the door and is peeking like, out. It's just the person who is peeking out their head is like 20 feet off the ground. Is it like appropriately sized for being 20 feet off the ground or is it like human sized? Uh, it's a... Uh, honestly, to avoid... <laughs> If it's like human size, it's so much worse. I know. I know, that's I know. Why I'm asking. I know. Here's here's Slenderman's milking the cows. Part of me wants to say yes, just so that y'all have to deal with that. But in the interests of not turning this into that kind of horror game, um, while technically you can't tell because all you're really seeing is like an eye, uh, yes, it is 
for someone that is that tall, it is an appropriately sized head. Let's put it that way. As the Slender Man version of this game we can and do at a different excellent. time. And, 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 and let me just make sure I'm understanding. The barn is the big old barn. Yep. Something is tall enough to be seen at the top. Or yes. there is like an opening up there. It's peeking out through the open doors. Yes. There's a giant peeking out the doors of the barn. Brunschlager make... waves. Brunschlager <laughs> waves. All right. Um, in this moment, as Brunschlager waves, do any of you do anything else? Just, just so that you all get a moment before, before. Going to divine sense. Just don't think it's going to ping anything, but okay. uh, celestial fiend or undead does not ping anything. Cool. What is this Adeluk's outstanding outhouse I have? <laughs> that that might be that might be a homebrew spell that <laughs> if you want to have is completely up to you. But it's a, it's like, a ridiculous. Yeah. Hey hey folks, you should remember when you are sharing your content on D and D Beyond. <laughs> if you have any homebrew, especially <laughs> spells, everybody can see them. You know, that's fair. Uh, I want the story behind that no. spell later. Honestly, oh, I, you I know, think... actually, you know the story behind that spell. You were there when it happened. Uh, <gasps> oh! Yes. Meanwhile, uh, I think so Kazuma. Kazuma? I think Kazima's like in the same brain that Omega can't picture it. So he's just kind of just staring like, what am I looking at? Okay. And yeah, Patty, how like... about you? And she starts walking forward. <laughs> okay. As you walk forward, as Brunschlager waves and the two others just kind of stare, the barn door opens a bit more and the full head of this being becomes apparent. And yeah, Seisha was right. This is a giant. Pretty sure a full-grown adult giant. And while she doesn't completely come out of the barn, she seems to be a little hesitant, but not um, not wary, or not too wary, not like angry. And I know Patty speaks giant. Does anybody else mm -hmm. speak giant? Patty, ask her how uh -huh. she milks no. the cows. Kazima, you speak giant? Nah, no. okay. Only Patty understands as this fire giant says, why are you here? Patty replies in giant. Well, you see, we're here on a, you know, an, an investigative mission. Apparently, Arthur was supposed to send some supplies on down to the inn so that he could make his um stumble uh, stumble noodle. Uh, I think that's what it's called. Uh, uh, a dish, and apparently, some ingredients usually come from this farm. But it's been a hot minute since they've gotten those ingredients. So basically, where's Arthur? Uh, you see, she, her face changes just a little bit. She's still nervous, but there's a sadness. She says, The last time people came searching, things did not go well. Are you, are you prepared to talk over things or do things have I to not go well again? Did they not go well because they had a certain opinion of, you know, those of us of larger stature? I don't know exactly why, but they 
immediately attacked when they saw my children. How many kids you got? She stops for a second and looks over at the other three and says, Are you really here simply on behalf of my friend? He's a buddy of yours. Oh, one second, and then Patty will play a quick translation to everyone. I'm sorry, she goes back to the giant. I'm sorry, so rude of me. I'm Patty Jameson. You are? Uh, after you've kind of translated for everybody, and, and I'll say for the purposes of making everybody's life easier, uh, we'll say that Patty gives a running translation so that we can have a conversation. Um, you ask her name, and she finally steps out of the barn. Um, she hasn't left the doorway of the barn, but she opens it fully and steps out. And you sh you see that she's in kind of simple leathers and cloth. They look um, well cared for and her size. She is holding down at her side, not at a ready position, a sword. Um, and oh, that's you can, why the head was at the top. I understand now. You can kind of tell this is a a, a rough-hewn sword. That maybe this is not something uh, that's been made by a master craftsman. She regards all of you and finally says, "My name is Ignis, and I've been a guest of Arthur's for a little while now. He was very kind, despite the fact that." We really could not understand each other. He gave us shelter when I needed it most. And everything was fine until people decided to come and make things not fine, which is why I'm very wary of the four of you. But at least, at least you come with words and not immediately attacking. Yeah, we're not sizists here. I don't know if it was the size or anything. I, I'm unsure why. Arthur did his best to dissuade them. They also went after Arthur? Well, they came after me and mine, and he tried to protect us. And before... And you can see she looks a little guilty. My main concern was protecting mine. And he oh, was protecting us. And as much as he seemed to be an amazing individual full of power, there were four of them. And before I could secure my children and join him, he had been struck down. And I made sure that those that did paid for that transgression. Ah, the young adventurers whoever they were I threw them into the river last thing I needed was reminders of what had happened the grave is enough I'm very sorry so you were sent by whoever had sent them the person who sent us was a friend of Arthur's he was concerned that he hadn't heard anything from him in a while. And unfortunately, he seems to have recruited some very headstrong and impetuous 
individuals. I would say piss ant brats if I were you. Yeah. It didn't take account, take into account that sometimes things are more than they seem at first. She nods at that and you can see her demeanor relaxes a little bit. And um, she holds open the door of the barn and says, why don't you come inside? It has been a little while since I've had a civilized conversation that didn't involve the charades that Arthur and I needed to go through to speak. Um, and all of you give me insect checks. The 28 for Patty. Twinsies. Both of you 28? <laughs> nice. And, and Seisha? 31 with a natural 20. Hey, and Brunschlager? I want you all to know that I had advantage and plus one. 18. I'm proud of that 18. <laughs> it's a really good 18. All of you notice this, and then uh, I'll give Seisha a little bit extra. She, she does relax a little bit that she's now talked with all of you and has invited you in, and you don't she's still on guard but now you think it's not from any of you mm -hmm. uh you kind of notice as she opens the door to invite you in she scans the horizon and as she sheathes the sword at her side to get it out of the way the sheath itself is kind of rough like it, it's been uh it's been kind of cobbled together um but she she kind of keeps her hand close by it. And Seisha, the other thing that you pick up as she's scanning the horizon, she's very clearly looking at the giant mound that's behind this whole homestead. And she looks, there's like a very quick hint of anger. And then goes back to ushering you all in. All right. Um, I am going to... Um, can we... I don't think we can communicate with each other through Brunschlager's bond, right? That's up to Brunschlager. Uh, I believe you... Let me check a text, actually. I don't, I don't actually know, because we never tried what that. A, <laughs> what a fringe case. Yeah. <laughs> uh... <laughs> yeah, no, it's always one way. Okay. Hmm. Does Do anyone here speak Thieves' Cant? Nor. Nope. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Nor. Nor. Yeah. Nor. Actually. You do? Oh. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, Seisha, like, gives a couple gestures uh, to convey um Anger, watch the hill. Uh, kind of signing back. We're, we're in nature. There's lots of hills. Well, she gestures as there. Once, once the uh, giantess has turned to go inside, she'll 
point at the actual hill. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm not this this is still gonna work. She okay. doesn't turn to go inside. She's ushering you all in and is gonna enter okay. after you. However, I when think when she looks away then. And I think thieves can't probably includes like a directional, like go north. So So I give him the hill. Um, and I will head in. Uh, I think I think Kazuma heads in as well. I don't think he catches all of the fine out details, but he'll head in and uh, but I think Zawadi stays close to the door. Um, just because this isn't really what he was asked to do. He was asked to get three ingredients and then figure out what's happening with Arthur. So having a conversation through Patty with a giant isn't on his to-do list. So he's just kind of like, all right, we'll be here until we don't need to be here anymore. All right, you all head on in? All right. Um, she ushers you on in and closes the door behind you and you all enter into the barn. Well, this giant, uh, it's it's very tall. You can see there's some um, essentially stables for milking stations nearby. Um, you see that there are actually some pails of milk that have already been um, milked. And one of them is hanging over a fire getting warmed. The other interesting thing you notice is there's no back of this barn. The back of this barn, which would have been kind of the wall between it and the house is gone. It looks like it was renovated away. Um, and you can actually see directly into the main hall of the house, which as you kind of look through is also renovated. Um, you can clearly see where there used to be walls, where there used to be some structural elements that have been completely removed and bits of the ceiling and the sides have been reinforced so that the inside of this house can now accommodate this giant, this person who would normally never be able to fit into this house. Um, you can see straight through to the front doors of the, the house. Uh, on your left is an entranceway into the, uh, the greenhouse. And you can see the doors into the greenhouse are the same as the barn doors. They're huge. They are closed, but it's very obvious uh, they've also been renovated to be the, the correct size. There is a fireplace that's happily burning away. It's very warm in here. It is It is probably, for everybody except for Kuzima, a little uncomfortably warm. Not problematic, but she's, she's kept this pretty warm. Uh, you see in the far side of the house, there is one room that is still standing, essentially. One room that is a normal-sized room with a normal-sized door. Um, there's a ladder that leads up above that room to, you can't quite tell, but it looks like a loft area and you hear kind of happily gurgling noises from up there. The ladder itself is hodgepodge together from logs and, uh, rope and all sorts of stuff and is the size of a giant so it would be hard for any of you to use to climb up um and uh 
and yeah, that's that's all you see from where you are in the barn. Uh, as she closes the door, she turns to all of you, this this giant, and says, I think you will understand my abundance of caution. It's been hard the last couple of weeks, and I feel bad for putting Arthur in this position, even though it was not intentional. My name is Ignis. It is very nice to meet you. Ignis, my name is Seisha, and looking around here, it's very clear Arthur cared about you and yours. He did. He he was there at a moment that I needed help and helped without he couldn't have asked. We We never were able to speak to each other except through gestures and sign and but it was very obvious that he was concerned and I was hoping at some point to help him or at least teach him some of my language or learn some of his and start to be able to speak with him at some point but then the others showed up and things went very wrong how long ago were they here? It was about a week, I believe. Seven or eight days. Okay. I was not expecting more to come. I was foolishly hoping they were a band of mercenaries who saw... who saw something... who saw one of my children playing out in the backyard and saw something nefarious. I can put a stop to anyone else being sent right now if I send a paper bird. We can Uh, send it to the chef and let him know that we've made it, everything here is secure, and we will return in a few days. That would be wonderful, I'm sure. If he sent you, then he probably wants to know about his friend. There's not much else I can do here. We're we're basically just trying to maintain what Ar- Arthur had. I was already considering packing up and leaving as soon as I had gathered enough supplies to, but that would be very much appreciated. I don't think you'll need to. You know what he was doing, how he did how he handled the cows, how he grew things here. She looks around and uh, not everything. I'm I've never been a farmer. My my former position was more of an administrator than anything. I was able to learn from him a, a few things and the milk was important. And as she's saying this, you actually hear the the happy gurgling from upstairs of what would normally be child speak, but it's obviously coming from a from some figure that is not the the size of a human child. Um, and you hear uh, pewdle, pewdle, uh, manji, 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 pewdle, pewdle, uh, ima, 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 and. Uh, I'll say, Patty, mm-hmm. as you have been doing all this translating back and forth and uh, speaking giant for everybody, this isn't exactly giant. 
this is like when children are first learning how to speak and they're getting the words kind of half right and they've they've mostly made it and you're pretty sure that what this child is saying is they're calling out to their mom and they're asking for a bottle um and as that happens um ignis holds up a hand and says I, I, I don't know if there's anything else that, that you need, but I, I need to attend to, to them. Um, the, the house is yours. Uh, please don't it, it just respect his home. But if you need anything, uh, let me know. Let me know. And she goes over to the fire um, where you can now see that there is a bottle, uh, a very large bottle filled with milk that has been sitting in there. She pulls it out. She kind of tests it on her wrist and then takes the ladder on up and starts to coo at what is a obviously a child, but you can't see. Uh, and what would you like to do? Um, Seisha's going to kind of gesture to the group to gather up and very softly say, as we were coming in, um, she, there's something about the hill to the, what direction was it? North. Uh, to the north, yes. Something about the hill to the north that she did not like. She she looked angry when she looked up at that hill. I, I think there's a threat there. I'm, I'm also, I need to, I'm slow to understand, but when I understand, I know it. The, uh, the chef sent others before us. Mm -hmm. were a little too rowdy, for lack of a better word, and caused a problem. But did I just infer that there were others who came before them as well? I think they ran from something and came here, and Arthur took them in. And the younger, and he was probably caught up in doing all this and wasn't tending to the plants. And um, when the younger adventurers showed up, they drew swords first and thought to ask questions later. He tried to stop them from hurting her or her children or her child. And um, they killed him and she killed them before they could harm anyone else. I, I, I got that part. Right. But if he wasn't in trouble, he wasn't dead before. No, the, the, the adventurers, when they yes, showed up, I know. Yes, they oh. killed him. Before that, yeah. who came before that and why? Am I hearing that right? Or did I, am I just convoluting the two I'm, groups? I may have gotten one? mixed up. I thought, I thought they I thought, were I, running from someone. Uh, I will say... Patty, from your translation, you do know sh that Ignis didn't exactly tell you what situation that she was in, just so that she was in a bad situation and Arthur took her in at a time that she needed help the most, gotcha. um, but didn't go into details at that moment. Here is my problem. The people who came that she killed. She couldn't talk with them in common to know why they were here. Arthur may have known why they were exactly here. 
Yes. Well, it depends on how fast they drew a blade. Sure. But their intent, we don't know. The giant, she doesn't know. Arthur knew. Can anyone here speak with dead? Kaga said he sent others before us. I'm assuming right. those are the were the adventurers. Yes. Right. Yes. I, th I think I'm you're thinking right. Kaga lied. Patty, I know, and I believe Kuzuma also can speak with dead. Maybe worth asking him. Although I mean we're going I'm to happy have to, to chat with Artie if we want to. That's the only thing. It's sort of an unappealing process. And um, yeah. I think we need to make sure that Ignis is very clear about what our intentions are. Because the last thing I want to do is start exhuming bodies. And then she's getting real self-defensive. All right. Oh, I um, got the mustard, by the way. Well, that's good. Mustard. Excellent. Um, Patty, go ahead and give me a retroactive insight check. Retroactive. Since you're the one that's been relaying everything so... Uh, that's a 24. Ooh. With a 24, as you think back to the way that she was speaking about this bunch of events, you get the sense that she's not lying at all. She she was telling pretty much the an accurate story uh, as far as she knew uh, what she experienced, that her, her children were attacked and... Arthur came to their defense when she grabbed them to get them out of the way. By the time she could go to his defense, these folks had already dispatched of him. So uh, she, at least what she's told you, you get the sense that this this is all true. And especially because you, you noticed the guilt on her countenance when she spoke about being too late to help him in this battle. Yeah, we're dealing more with... Why... No, I know why. Why do they start swinging? Well... You know how some adventurers get when they're in their earlier times, and... Yeah. Um... Sometimes, especially those who are aren't as human looking. They see those outside and believe the more ferocious and more different, the less willing they are to speak. A lot of Is times people don't stop to recognize the situation. And it's at this point that Ignis uh, has obviously finished feeding her child uh, this bottle and comes creaking down this homemade ladder to turn back to all of you. And as she's speaking to you through Patty, she's refilling the bottle with some fresh milk and putting it in the, uh, the cauldron for the fire. And she says, I have the two little ones to take care of. So you'll have to excuse me if I keep getting distracted a little bit. Um, yes. Uh, both of my my pride and joys. Uh, the one is upstairs, I believe. Leaf Lama is in the greenhouse. She likes to play amongst the flowers there. Um, but to, to what you were speaking about, I would appreciate it if you would let whoever uh, is back in town know what has happened. I certainly would feel bad if anyone is missing Arthur besides us. It, of course. I, I, you are welcome 
to stay as long as you would like it it i would you i could only do I to... mentioned that there is someone taking care of the residents um she thinks about it for just a second and then asks who is it that you would be telling uh the chef who gets his materials from here i don't want him sending someone to take over the area that's my concern that makes that totally makes sense do you trust his discretion i I don't intend to tell him who is taking care of it just that there is someone here taking care of the animals and the estate you can see a little bit of you can see a little bit of relaxation on her face. But then, yes, absolutely. I just would rather not have my presence known widely. But but absolutely. There's something I'd like to ask about that's kind of nosy and invasive, but that's sort of my thing. <laughs> um, I couldn't help notice you sort of glowered at the hill to the north. Is there a problem there? Is there something threatening you and your children? Uh, she sighs. And uh, Patty, at, at this point, just because we're getting into more serious topics, I will say if, if at any point you are not directly relating what is being said, just let me know. Um, and she, Ignis says, my children, unfortunately, are um, sought after by someone that wants them only for political reasons. And that's where they came from last. Thus my caution. Can I ask an impertinent question? You I can believe... say no. <laughs> well, I've, I've extended... I've extended the hospitality of Arthur to all of you, so I feel like it is only fair that I answer what I I can. Are these your chosen children or birth children? Because I'm thinking that you might be on the run from their other parent. She gives a a small, sad smile and says, you are half right. They they are mine by birth. They would be mine by choice, but they are mine. The people that are after them are only interested in the political gain they can get from their heritage. And she looks a little uncomfortable about saying any more. It's okay. There is a difference in one's intentions when one is fearful of what could be and fearful of what is. Do these individuals know where you are and have they tried recently? Or are you just worried about the potential? Both. They have tried recently. That was who I was running from 
when Arthur took me in. My hope is that they don't know, but every passing day that I am here, I grow more and more worried that they will re-pick up my trail. To be honest, if I hadn't figured out a way to communicate directly with Arthur sooner, I was going to try to leave, if only so that I could continue to be on the move. At the moment, I hope that they haven't tracked oh. us here, but I cannot be sure. Um. And then she kind of looks around and says, fortunately, at least for the moment, we are in a place that they would not suspect. I, I would hope that most of my kind would look at a homestead of your kind and not expect it to be bigger on the inside. Well, I'm going to be more than just impertinent. I'm going to shoot from the hip. Who is this person after you so that we can help you? She It's going to roll something real quick. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, She looks reluctant and says, I think it's best I not immediately tell the whole story and I appreciate you wanting to help in that way. Uh, I apologize. So I'm having windstorms. <laughs> so my internet just dropped. Sorry. Why? Why internet? Stop getting in the way. Suffice it to say um, I was in a position of power amongst my people and the person who would like to be in a position of power they are hoping in order to raise the children as their own that they can take over that position and I would rather lose whatever position I have to keep my children uh, it might be best I have only just met you so maybe it is best that I not say more that's fair. But, but if there is anything else I can help you with here, you said that you were sent not just to find out about author, but to pick up ingredients for something? Yeah, it was a grocery run. So, um, well, the mustard seed sort of took care of itself, but uh, we're also looking for a wheel of cheese that's been aged for seven seasons, no more, no less, and uh, some milk from your uh, lovely cows. Okay. Um, I don't know all of the specifics about how Arthur made the cheese, but I, I know where those are. And she points down towards where the, the homestead, the farm, the barn is with the cows and says, I can definitely give you some milk. It'll just take a moment to get something into an appropriate container for you to take uh, the wheels of cheese i know where they are but and she she has this funny look on her face and she says he did weird experiments with them so i'm not sure which you want and she walks for a moment, what looks like she's walking towards the greenhouse, but then she angles around it to a corner of this huge space where there was a, there's a giant crate. 
And now that you see it, it's kind of conspicuous. Like, what is this giant crate doing here? And she takes it and gently picks it up and moves it. And you can tell that even uh, with her size and strength, it, it she has to give a mm in order to pick it up and move it. And there's a trap door under it. And she opens up the trap door um, and she says, he has a basement that he keeps everything. I believe that's where he aged everything. He he made lots of notes about the cheese. I, I never really understood all of the magic that he was doing, but he was constantly writing notes and placing wheels down there. I I cannot fit. Uh, I've I've asked my children to stay down there once just uh, to be safe. But I, you're welcome to go down and take whatever it is that you need. Are these your only children? Yes, these are my two pride and joys. You mentioned someone in the greenhouse, so I just had a thought. I'm oh. guessing, and you you watch as she kind of cocks her head and leans back a little bit because she's standing near the greenhouse. Uh, and Kazima, I'll say, since you're asking about it and you've got that high passive perception, you now also hear just kind of the the gentle noise of... If it was a regular human-sized child, there'd be no way it'd be loud enough, but this is obviously a large being. Being all... Oh, there's then, the dog again! And then barking like a dog for some reason. And um, she smiles and uh, Ignis says, I believe she's having fun in the greenhouse. She likes to play in the dirt there. It makes her very dirty, but it keeps her happy. So who am I to stop her? I'm going to go send this letter. Excellent. And, and and sorry, that is not one of the children. That is that she's got two children, one yeah. in the greenhouse and one upstairs. Gotcha. Okay, no, yeah. I didn't know if two were upstairs and those are different. That's why I need to make sure. Great. Babies right. upstairs, toddlers in the greenhouse. Fair. You, um, sometimes, you know, the translation gets lost a little bit. I'm just happy that I'm able to finally speak to someone. And uh Patty, you can tell that she's She's been looking at all of you as she speaks, but now she very clearly makes eye contact with you and says, it's very nice to be able to speak to someone friendly in, in our language. Well, quite frankly, it's nice to use our language every once in a while, because most every time I'm traveling, it's usually, you know, well, common. Mm. That is a language I still have not mastered. You would figure after several it's weeks here, but I was a little busy. It's a little tricky. I'm not going to lie. I mean, some words you think like what's well, going to be one thing and it turns into the next thing. Quite frankly, I, I'd rather speak draconic and giant over common, but you know, it is what it is. Hmm. Uh, at this point, she will um, kind of indicate that she's going to go check on the kids again and opens up the glass door to kind of poke her head inside the greenhouse and climb the ladder to go check on the other one. You can tell this is kind of a constant. She's she's doing chores and then checking up on the little ones and doing chores and checking up on the little ones. Um, is there anything you'd like to do while she is doing the rounds? Uh, Kozima is going to, um, uh, wow, brain fart. Uh, looking at the basement trapdoor area, uh, I will go look for this cheese. Get that really quickly. 
Um, and right. he will um, um, head down to, um, at least just start going down to go look for whatever this cheese is. Yeah. Um, um, is anyone else joining him or are you all, are we splitting the party? Uh, I'm, I'm just going to um, really write the note, release the paper bird and kind of start working on the garden a little bit, weeding and doing what I can. Sure. Uh, Patty? Patty's going to use light and kind of just tap her shield to kind of give some illumination as we go into the basement. Um, and just kind of give a sympathetic grin to Angus. And Brunschlager. Going to keep an eye on the hill. Okay. Are you going to just kind of hang out in the, the barn, I assume, and look out those doors? Or do you want to go somewhere else to do that? Yeah, just like looking out, out the doors of the hill. Sure. Um, and is this like a giant basement or it's not like, like a little cellar moment? Um, it's a, so I will describe as you descend <laughs> the ladder. I'm, now I'm scared. I'm like, I'm going to go down there real quick. Um, <laughs> um the trap door seems to be large enough for someone who is hauling stuff to go down, but it's definitely not large enough for a giant. And as you get into the cellar, uh, and the basement, you do see, while down here is spacious, um, especially for some of the, most of you are actually fairly tall humanoids, um, definitely not something that Ignis herself could come down into. Uh, down in the basement is two different rooms. There's one room that is very obviously just a storage room filled with all of the various accoutrements you would need for running a farm. But then there's a second room, a, a very long hallway with shelves just lining the walls on both sides. And there's dozens and dozens of wheels of cheese. All of them, they all look slightly different. Some have green, green rinds, some have a pink rind, some have holes, some do not. Some are much bigger than the others. Some are all, almost like 70, 80 pounds. Some are much, much smaller. Um, and you notice that each shelf is labeled uh, with uh, number seasons. And so, Kazima, you're very quickly able to find the shelf that has seven seasons listed on it. And there are three different wheels of cheese on this shelf. All three look different, and all three are huge. As you and Patty are kind of checking this out, uh, Seisha and Brunschlager, from your various places, Seisha, as you're kind of cleaning up in the garden, doing some weeding and everything, Brunschlager, as you are keeping an eye on stuff, it's not that you see it, it's that you hear it. Uh Brunschlager, you hear the sound of dogs. You, like, very far in the distance, the baying of, of dogs. And Seisha, you feel the ground. Doo, doo. And there's this moment, and then... Doo, doo, doo. And the baying gets louder. And now the ground shaking becomes uh, violent enough that Patty and Kuzima down in the, the cellar, you you can feel it. It's not dangerous at this point. It's not like an earthquake, but you definitely feel the do, do, do. And Runeschlager, you think you can hear several different 
beings along with these dogs at the same time that all of you hear Ignis from inside the house go, they are coming again, get inside. Get inside quickly, we must protect the children. That seems like a good place for us to pause. Take a little break and when we come back, there there might be uh, other other things showing up. We'll see. But thank you, everybody, for sticking with us through a few technical difficulties. Thank you to all of my players for sticking with us through technical difficulties. Uh, we're taking 10, 10 minutes, I believe. So, uh, I'm going to say that, and then it's going to be true. And it may take a little longer, because I'm usually not in charge of that kind Maybe of thing. Like 10, 10 minutes. 15. 10 to 15. <laughs> go uh, grab some water, grab a snack. Because, you know, food is important. Go take a stretch and we'll see you back here to see what happens next on Saving the Children's Menu. My nose is so red. It looks like you're still enjoying it. Oh, 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 oh. Keep going, keep going. Reach, wait till you read what happens next. Welcome back. I love these people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to see how much of that actually came through the stream. I'll look for that later. I'm watching chat just to see if any of it went through. I'm Meanwhile, not watching chat. I hope I heard nothing. I'm not I watching chat, but I will be watching chat later. But for they now, reacted, so I think we're good. Well, you know what? What they didn't hear can't hurt them. So, oh, shit. last time, last uh, for the first half of this game, our four wonderful folks have gone off to the Hullrow homestead in order to figure out what happened to Arthur, the person in charge of it, and has found out that they unfortunately were killed by a bunch of mercenaries who were sent out who were a little too uh, happy to sword first and ask questions later um, and attacked some fire giants that were there that were guests of Arthur's two of which happened to be the children of one of the adult fire giants who did not take kindly to to any of that. And so there was stuff happening. Um, there was a lot of talking back and forth, thanks to Patty, because Patty speaks giant. Uh, and so there was some discussions had about how this mother was being sheltered from something, someone who wanted her children. Um, they were also sent here to go pick up ingredients for stumble noodles. This is kind of a secondary objective, figure out what happened to Ar Arthur, come back with ingredients. They have picked up the mustard seeds. Um, they're going to be given the cow milk that they need. And two of our band are actually down in the basement, uh, in specifically the cellar where all of the cheeses kept looking at the dozens of wheels of cheese and spe more specifically the three that are listed as... Uh, being the correct season that they're supposed to pick up when it sounds like bad things are happening. And at the very least, Ignis, the mother fire giant that you've all been chatting with, believes that bad things are coming as she has called out to all of you to get inside and prepare because something's about to happen. And... Uh, those of you who are down in the cellar, I believe that was Patty and Kuzima, what you, um, as she calls this out, you also hear her moving upstairs and uh, cooing at a young child um, about something in, uh, you can't quite hear because it's far enough away. Um, are the two of you staying down in the cellar or are you coming up? 
if Inga sounds frantic, uh, Patty would be going up. Yeah. Um, would you like to get up quicker or are you good to go? I, I say we get going. We can always come back for the cheese later. Um, uh, then hold on. Uh, Zawadi is going to just like wrap around your leg for a second and it's going to be like a very cooling, not cooling, but like a comforting, like hearth type of sensation of fire as you teleport with Zawadi. Oh, fantastic. Uh, uh, just to be a little faster. You've got more steel to might be appropriate if things go down. Um, so you fif- you're just 15 feet already up um, closer and then I'll just follow up just to make sure that we're taking up time. Uh, not taking up time, but yeah, getting there, yeah. Yeah. getting there in an expeditious <clears throat> fashion. I love it. Yeah. Uh, um, Pat, sorry, go ahead. But and as I'm going up, I just want to make sure that the the toddler is inside the house, not out in the greenhouse still. Um. So as you're coming up the ladder, um, and Patty, you would notice this right away as you are brought upstairs immediately, thanks to uh uh. Bloody. Zawadi, thank you. I'm like, well, thanks to Kuzima, but also the the little one. You do see that Ignis has picked up the her child that was obviously up in this upper area, this upper you know, nursery, and is gently like, oh, it's okay, it's okay. You're just gonna go downstairs, like like we said, you're gonna play downstairs for a little bit. And so Kuzima, as you come up, she's actually um, placing this toddler for him to go downstairs. Now I say toddler, this is an eight foot tall toddler. So eight foot tall baby, but is is doing some walking and some talking. So not necessarily like baby, baby, baby. Um, And is just small enough, just small enough to fit down into the cellar. And she looks at the two of you and says, I'll go get the other one um, to make sure that the doors are all closed. And she's going to head towards the greenhouse. While this is happening, I know Brunschlager was at the door of the barn and Seisha was outside in the garden. Uh, let's start with Seisha, since you're out, out, out. What would you like to do in this moment as you hear footsteps from across the, the plains? Um, do I see anything? Can I gauge Not- how close they are? No, but give me a perception check to see if you can hear or feel anything, because that's what's kind of hinted that things have gone wrong. Those were not great rolls. Let me see here. Perception. Those were terrible rolls. That's a 12. <laughs> the, the ground is shaking, and you hear the barking of dogs, and you know the direction, but it's really hard to tell how far away something is you can probably guess that these are giants but other than that hard to tell i'm gonna run to the barn uh where i know brunschlager was and uh uh poke my head in incoming incoming want to come outside yeah yeah (laughs) should we tell the others i think so yeah why don't can you let them know? Sure. Uh, to the path queen, both your heads. Are you going to have fun with us, or are you going to leave it to just the two of us? <laughs> they can make it if they try. How far are we from them? Um, We're upstairs. Since, 
Well, all of you are upstairs, upstairs now. Upstairs, some yeah, of you yeah. are in the main room, and some of and, and some of you are in the barn. Yeah. Uh, you are not very. You're far enough away that the telepathic. Um, it, if Burnshelder had yelled out, it probably would have been a little hard to hear, but uh -huh. not so far away that you couldn't get there in, say, a round or two. Okay. Um, I mean, yeah, I think the plan is as long as the kiddos are safe, yeah. uh, at least the plan for Kuzima, I assume that we're getting to where they are yep. to make sure that we're giving some backup. So, um, yeah. And I can even, like I said, even uh, I can get Patty there quicker than I if I if they teleport again, uh, just to make sure we, we're using up, you know, as much time as possible to get, you know. So, gotcha. yeah, I think we're heading there. <clears throat> All right. As the two of you walk or uh, hustle your way through the main hall into the barn, uh, just as you're leaving, you see Ignis has returned from the the greenhouse. Uh, is in enough of a rush, she doesn't even bother closing the doors, has another eight-foot-tall toddler in her hand. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'd say your all your passive perceptions are high enough to see. They, oh, these are twins. Uh, looks looks like twins. They're adorable. She's once again, um, okay, we're going to go downstairs, and you're going to play. Aww. You're going to play with your sibling. It's going to be fine. But uh, remember, the game is you need to be quiet. And she's going to gently place the other one down into the cellar. Um and the last thing you'll see before you all are at the door to the barn or outside of it, I guess, is she's going to close the trap door, but she's not moving the box over it just yet. But you do see that she closes the trap door and pulls her sword and looks at all of you and quietly for a giant, but still a little loud, says, I don't know how long we can hide in here before they know. Uh, I, I, I must protect the children. It's, it's, would you help, please? Already on the way there, kid. If, if they really do are, if they really are here for them, if you can just buy us time, I will take them and flee, but I don't know. And she stops for a second and looks at the four of you and uh, you can all tell this is a war of you all look capable, but you're also kind of small. Tiny. And then finally settles on just be safe. And then she's going to position herself kind of in the corner so she's out of sight from everybody. Uh, and the pounding on the ground and the baying of dogs is getting much, much louder uh, you, you think you have maybe another moment or two before someone arrives. <clears throat> um, just check one quick thing. Um, are we looking to be conversational? Or are we handling this? I mean, we can try talking them, talking to them first. Quick question, Ignis. You said you would give up claim to the position to the people who are wanting to take your children to claim it? Uh, she glances kind of around the doorway or the, yeah, the wall to you and says, I would, but I don't know if that's something that 
I can negotiate with at this very moment, but it's just something that might come in handy. Uh, and the last thing she'll say in this moment as, as you all, uh, see creatures arriving is if in the dough is with them, I will come and parlay. But if not, there is nothing I can do. And then she jumps back around the wall. Um, Patty and Brunschlager, anything in this last moment? Well, as long as everyone's within at least uh, she'll give guidance to Kazuma. Orange lager? No, I, think, just... I, I think I'm good to go. All right. Um, <clears throat> as you kind of settle yourself over the giant hill behind the homestead, the first thing you see are hounds. Um, they're they're large dogs, but they are not like they're they're the size of you. They are medium creatures. Um, but they are black with red. Uh, streaks on them. Kuzima, it it kind of reminds you a little bit of your scales, that blackened with the red. Their muzzles are filled with hot fire and they are barking in the excited way that dogs do when they are on the hunt. There are two of them on uh, huge black chains that are, and they're not very far from the fire giants that are the ones behind them. There are three of them, two holding, each holding one of these hounds, following them as they come over the crest of the hill, and a third coming up behind. Uh, all of them look angry. And as they see the four of you, the hellhounds are obviously uh, going wild. They are barking and snarling and straining on their chains uh, to get at you, but the the fire giants hold them at bay. The third one, um, who's behind the other two, calls out in giant, so Patty, you are the only one who understands this, and says, Move, small ones, or we will trample you. This is your only warning. Uh, Patty will, as they're speaking, she'll play translation mode and then flip her to giant. You mean you're not even going to be willing to talk first? Sasha reaches a hand up and twists it and pulls it down. And as she pulls it down, this kind of rain of mist falls and swirls around her and pulls into her armor as I cast Shield of Faith. And you'll just see um, um, his scales almost like flex for a moment, if that seems weird. Almost like you see like a light kind of travel through from the bottom and goes up as he just kind of like infuses himself really quickly. Can't really tell what, but you can tell that if uh, anybody's next to him, he's suddenly a little hotter. Sasha inches away a little bit. <laughs> How far away is that third fire giant? Now what? That is an excellent question. Um, it's hounds can move twenty feet. I'm gonna say the 
they've stopped the hounds have stopped 40 feet from you so 50 feet from you are the two giants holding back these hounds and 70 feet is mm. the one that has called out to you so they are very close for giants uh but there is some space I'm also going to hold an action um, standing. I don't know. Well, I don't know what Paladin, what British Dog is going to do, but uh, I intentional if there is hostile movement. Okay. So yeah. Uh, they're going to respond to Patty in a second. I'm just waiting course, to see course, yeah, since yeah. Uh, since the two of you have also joined in Brunschlager. Is there anything you want to do either to assist in this moment of aren't you even going to talk? Uh, I'm going to saddle up for it a little bit. Not not like ready to rumble kind of way, but just kind of like standing in front of a uh, patty kind of way. Okay. Just inching a little bit closer, like five feet closer. All right. Um, Patty, go ahead and make me either a persuasion or intimidation check, and I'll give you advantage since your your friends are helping. All right. She's, she's far more persuasive than intimidating by nature. Ha <laughs> ha so uh, that's a nat 20. Hey. Uh, it should be a total of 25. Excellent. Um, They come to a stop. So basically they called out as they were coming forward as and you call out and all of you kind of do your epic things. And they come to a stop in front of you. And it's fairly clear that um, this this leader, the one who is behind the other two, there's like a smirk of appreciation on his face. Mm -hmm. And he says, normally I would not bother, but you speak our language. And so I will offer a second opportunity to move yeah he's not buying it folks uh just say that in common i move five feet up to try and pull this off how far away is the third giant away from me specifically um what did i say 70 feet so we'll, we'll how how close do you want to be honestly i i am if i'm five feet close that's where i want to be I, I think uh, the Patty, are you going to say anything else in this moment when he calls back out to you? I'll give you a second chance because you speak our language. Do you uh, reply to him at all? Yeah, she'll call back. She goes, well, afraid that wasn't the right answer then, huh? And yes. All right. Since she at least engaged him in a bit of conversation, I'll say you can move up the five feet thick um if no one else has Sick. anything to do if no one else has anything to do uh brunschlager is gonna yell go time uh in everyone's head psi powered leap okay the only thing sage is going to do is so um her weapon uh shifts forms and it turns into a uh, long sword all right. Um, <clears throat> Patty's going to call up her spiritual weapon, which is basically a broken bottle of whiskey. Uh, Kazima? 
Yeah, um, seeing Brunslager just leap and like these spiritual entities starting to form, uh, he definitely like, cracks his neck, and you see uh, Zawadi uh, climbs on top of his head, uh, and suddenly almost like begins to leak, not leak, but like like almost like molten fire starts to like go down their form, um, and as it goes down, it suddenly like like um, crackles away, almost becomes like ashen, um, as he almost becomes a living uh, wildfire. As I cast Guardian of Nature, all right, uh, and I'm gonna uh, make it my 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 great tree, great burning tree, um, form. Mm. Awesome. Uh. None of you are really going to surprise anybody, but I'll say that you kind of get that all these things out just before we roll initiative. Yee-yee. Because it, it sounds like uh, it's go time, as Brunchalogger oh. has just said. Yeah. Oh, and to be clear, uh, my spiritual weapon can be right on top of this big guy in the back. Sure thing. She's got in... um, uh, scoping the hounds. For, for those at home, because I know a lot of our D4 audience are used to seeing amazing maps and gorgeous minis and all sorts of fun stuff. Um, I am more theater of the mind and the way that I run theater of the mind is un unless I have explicitly stated that something is not possible because of I've already given you a specific about space or something. I, I am the kind of DM where you tell me what you want to do and I'm going to make the mental image happen. So, um, Seisha, what'd you get for initiative? I got a three. Hey, I want to point out I rolled with advantage. Stand. What is it that the, the lovely B. Dave Walters says? You're not going last in the first round. You're going first in the second. Kazima. Yes. Uh, 18. And Patty? Dirty 20. Dirty 20. And Brunschlager. 19 with a plus zero. Nice. Probably. All right. Uh, do, do, do. Oh, hear me. So. No, it's cotton. Patty? Oh, it is, yeah. Uh, Yay, cat's given, cat's given. So as Yay. all this pops off, Patty is going to go first. Brunschlager, you're on deck. You see the one that has spoken calls out basically right at the beginning to the others. Go find the children. They must be hidden here somewhere. Uh, and Patty, what would you like to do? I'm shooting a ray of enfeeblement at the big guy. Yeah. All right. Uh, what's what <laughs> so do I got to roll? Con save of seventeen. I got a pretty chunky con. Let's see what happens. I know. I'm hoping this is more fun. <laughs> uh, twenty-one. Oh, they make it. Okay. But uh, so they make it. But my spiritual weapon at least gets a couple of thwaps in. Absolutely. The whack. So that's going to be. Excuse me, buddy. I know. All right, that's going to be a 17 to hit. Uh, that does not hit. Ooh, you, oh, as your broken there. bottle appears, you notice that this giant is in pretty thick, heavy plate. And so it gets close, but you haven't quite found a, a chink in the armor yet. Okay. Well, she did what she could. Do you want to move? You're all kind of standing um, right in front of the doorway to the barn. Uh, these are all all the the fire giants and their hounds are standing essentially in front of you. So you can move to the side if you want. At your 10th level, you could move up because I know I, I don't assume that y'all can't fly. Uh, would you like to move? Uh, no, she's going to stand her ground at the door. All right. Brunchogger. Anti mode. <laughs> I love it. Brunchogger, you're up. Kazima's on deck. 
Cool. Uh, side power leap to get uh, double my movement speed as a fly speed to get to the the third in the back fire giant. Absolutely. I am going to attack with uh, my bloodshed chain. Okay, that sounds uh, metal as heck. <laughs> Tell me. Nothing I saw. Yeah. Uh, does a 27 hit? Yes. That makes Attack- it through the thick plate. Attacking again, does a 24 hit? That also hits. Great. Action surge. Okay. Uh, does a 13 hit? That does not hit. You, you were a little too excited about those first two hits. I really was. Uh, for the last hit, I'm going to invoke the this weapon's rune. Mm. Uh, I'm going to expend uh, one of my unspent hit dice and add the result to my d20. If I hit, I can expend, I can uh, spend additional hit dice and add their rolls to the weapon's damage. All right. That sounds like a lot of math. Oh, it really is. <laughs> All right. Math me. Uh, that's math not 20. <laughs> I'm sorry. What'd you say? That's a nat 20. That will, yes, hit. Uh, for the record, that would have that would have been uh, a thirty-seven to hit. Uh, that doesn't hit. Actually, you needed the nat twenty, not the thirty-seven. All right, <laughs> all goodbye, right, guys. So you, got, <laughs> you got two hits and one crit. Um, okay, so let me let me resolve the first two hits. Yeah. Um, and Kazima, if you want to start fourteen slashing, okay. fifteen slashing. And okay. then just give me a sec, because now I have to roll a bunch of dice. Go roll a bunch I'm... of dice. When when you are ready with that number, you let me know. Meanwhile, yep. uh, Kazima, you've just watched as Brunschlager has launched into this fire giant's face. Yeah, I'm just, well, that's okay. Um, the one who was speaking, though, yes. he just looks back at them. That's the one that Brunschlager has launched into their face. Oh, I thought he went to the one that was in the back. That's the one who spoke. Oh. Never mind. They're all Uh, the same people. Gotcha. Totally good. Well, whichever is close. Um, uh, One is looking like they're going to go go towards the door or something. Um, He Uh, looks at the number. Do anything. 102. (laughs) Okay. Um, This is a very, very unhappy fire giant. You you deal a grievous wound, which is obvious from that number. Um, this, This creature does not go down yet but describe this grievous wound to me like what where exactly do you hit i am wrap this chain extends and wraps around any weak points in the plate and just pulls and tears against any unprotected flesh Mm. there's not much unprotected flesh but you know what the face was very unprotected in that moment and uh this this creature now is going to have a wicked wicked scar um, and then real quick, do you move after that or do you stay in, in melee range in face melee I, range? I stay in melee range as a la- as a last bit of a fuck you. I'm going to use si- sonic power as psychic strike. Oh, okay. I didn't know there was going to be another strike coming. Sorry, Kuzima. It's, it's the last one, which comes out to be 17 points of damage. Okay, yeah, this this creature is still looking real hurt uh, and is now locked eyes with you as you have dropped gracefully to the ground in front of it. 
um, staring up at the 20 feet of fire giant bleeding all over the place. Uh, back to Kazima. So just so you have an idea, the closest thing to you are the two hellhounds. Just behind the hellhounds, a little bit further away, are the two uh, non-speaking fire giants, I'll call them. And then behind them is the one that has spoken that Brunschlager has just had a conversation with their fists. Amazing. And how you do crits again? I'm so sorry. I got one crit. Okay, I need oh, one. God. Um, just double the dice. All right. It, it, well, I'm not doing, I'm not, I'm not a, a fighter. I just need to know. Yeah. <laughs> well, who are you attacking? Um, great. The 44. Uh, one of the, one of the other fire giants. Sure. We'll say, uh, because we'll say I fire giant A. Great. Uh, I, I, I know, it, I can tell, I guess, which intention that, um, the hounds are being looked at by Seisha. Uh, I know that they said that, um, uh, so I look at one of the fire giants, uh, and you can see the the orb that's in my in my diadem is starting to glow uh, very slightly, and it gets brighter and brighter as I speak. Um, and I say, "You may serve a different fire, but my lord commands all. This was a bad choice for you." Uh, suddenly, three beams go um, towards them as I cast scorching ray through my circlet. Uh, which means each of those has a plus 17 to hit. Uh, awesome. One of those was a crit. Um, okay. The lowest of the rows was a 24. Uh, okay, so all of them are going to hit. Okay. Scorching Ray is fire damage, isn't it? But you're not resistant to my fire. Uh, okay, does that include with immunities? Oh, I don't know. See, resistance and immunities are different. I have, yeah. I do have uh, spells that you cast to resistance to fire damage, and, I, and, and it's hard when it comes to immunity. When we have something typically on D4, um, if you, um, if they are immune, like I can tell you with the Gathalan weapon, if they're immune to psychic damage, um, they take half damage. If they so are- So basically if they're immune, they become, you can make them resistant. If they're resistant, yes. then you, yeah. I, yeah. I, I'll go with that. Uh, I'll, I'll say that Kuzima would have been- smart enough to realize these are fire giants and hellhounds yes. and if if he didn't think he could at least do some damage with fire he would have done something else so i'll say they're resistant so you hit with all three but they are going to take half damage gotcha okay uh i didn't realize yeah i should have took that that's a, that's a rookie move on my part my balance that's all right uh, but you know it's fine he would have did it anyway because f you um so <laughs> in total in total it would have been 44 fire damage um so that would be 22. okay uh, uh, you can see that this fire giant looks more perturbed than hurt. Um, also, it's very obvious that they did not understand what you said. So they, they didn't even bother to look at you until like the hit them in the side. And, and then they kind of just give you that disgusted, what the heck? Uh, <laughs> anything else? Uh, well, there would have been another thing. Um, do I, okay. Uh, before I make this decision, um, because fire and flame is all that I do, uh, not really, but mostly all that I do. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, do I think that the hellhounds also have the same type of, um, they, they don't, they not bother by fire as much either? You think all of these creatures are immune to your fire? Yes. That is the worst outcome. Um, Sorry. Uh, oh. Nope, that is fine. 
That is cool. Then there is not, I am not going to do anything with my bonus action because it would be wasteful. Uh, yeah. That is me. Uh, and by the way, uh, and I'm going to stay next to the uh, door as well. Uh, for my enemies uh, within, is it 15 or 10 feet? Let me just check real quick. Uh, da, 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 da. Within 15 feet of me uh, is a uh, difficult terrain. You see the ground is literally starting to burn as well uh, and get kind of toasty and nasty. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. Mm. All right. That's me. Uh, that is you. Um, it is all the fire giants and hellhounds next. Uh, Seisha, we'll get to you in a moment. The lead. I, I'm sorry, Kazima. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're awesome, though, and you did other Everything awesome Everything I do is fire! I know, I know. I thought about that. I did. I did. Uh, so, Brunswalker, the fire Yo, giant, up? the fire giant whose face you have completely slashed into, sneers down at you, grabs, they're holding a scepter of some sort. They snarl something that Patty recognizes as basically some curses and are going to try to bludgeon you with it. Um, does a 29 hit? Yeah. And does a 31, oh, that's a crit. The dragon just appeared. I'm using uh, the, the fire fire dragon dice and the oh 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 god. So okay. I'm I'm no, wearing no. I'm wearing you're saying the dragon just came on the field. Yeah, so I was like, um, sorry, sorry, I should have been oh faster god. with that. You're so wearing what? I'm wearing Mizium armor. Any crits are just normal hits on me. Okay, uh, but that's still gonna hit, I assume. <sighs> yep. Okay, the. First one is going to do 24 bludgeoning damage and great. I'm going to expend an energy die and reduce that by 1d8 plus 3. Okay. Uh it will also do two fire damage. Okay. Uh the second hit is going to do 15 bludgeoning damage. And come on, roll. Uh and 12 fire damage. And you feel as this second hit, um, which would have been something really nasty, your armor manages to just barely uh, stave it off from being real bad. There's still this weird branding sizzle in your side. Um, doo -doo -doo. And you suddenly kind of glow a little bit. Uh, just, just a little bit of dim light. And you're not exactly sure what else might be going on. Um, and it's and this giant sneers down at you. Uh, it is the hellhound's turn. Um, a got attacked. So these two have been told, and their giants have been told to find the children. So you watch as hellhound B and fire giant B, we'll just say that, are going to break off to the left and are going to start to move around the side of the house towards the um, greenhouse. And they're going to use all of their movement and everything to move in that direction. Um, the other two... I mean, Kuzima, you went after them. So I guess they're going to come after you. Hit me. Uh, the interesting thing will be 
yeah, it's going to be, it, this is going to be the attack of fire against fire. So first, the hellhound is going to come after you. Does a 19 hit? It does. Uh, you are going to take uh, six piercing damage. Mm-hmm. And you would take two fire damage, but I'm assuming you are resistant. I'm immune. You are immune, so you take no fire damage um, as the hellhound chomps into you. Um, the fire giant that you attacked is going to pull out their greatsword. No, that's fair. And they're going to come after you. Yup. Does a 19 hit? Yup. And uh, a a 28 will hit. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, that first hit is going to do 26 slashing damage. Mm Mm-hmm. That second hit is also going to do 26 slashing damage. So the giant is very consistent in their attacks. Um, and that is finally the end of all of these fiery creatures' turns. Uh, it is Seisha's turn. Seisha, there is a hound and a giant attacking Kuzima. There is a larger giant just behind them engaged with Broomschlager. It's kind of hard to tell who thinks they're winning. Uh, and the third fire giant with the second hound has gone off towards the greenhouse. I'm going after the two going to the greenhouse. Okay. Bonus action. Knowledge of ages. I learn yep. infernal. Hold on a second. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Uh... Okay. I'm just double checking something that you would know. All right. Okay. Okay. You now know Infernal. Okay. I am going to uh, run towards the giant and in Infernal say to the hellhound, if we take him down, you can feast. And I'm going to attack the uh, fire giant. Okay. Go ahead and attack the fire giant. We'll we'll see what the hound's reaction to that is. Uh crit. <laughs> oh. All right. That's a crit. And uh second roll be a 15 plus what is my plus to hit? Plus 621. Uh that does hit. Okay. Um All right. math is going to happen. Math is going to happen. I'll get back to you in a second. <laughs> All right. All right. I am smiting on both and using the um, psychic damage from the Gatholan steel. I love all these things. Uh, do me a favor before you start rolling damage, or if you already have, that's okay. Roll me a persuasion check. Sure. Let's see. And then uh, Patty, you are about to go next and Brunschalger's on deck. 25 on persuasion. The hound looks at you. You you get the sense as you very quickly um, descend on this fire giant that it's considering, but you haven't swayed it. Sure. Um, And meanwhile- it's considering. It's a win. It is purr, it's not swayed. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's weighing its options. Sure. Um, Patty, well, Seisha does math. What would you like to do? Um, still focusing on the lead dude. Patty is going to cast Guiding Bolt at him. All right. Let's see what we get first. 
shut up. Did you crit? Nat 20? <laughs> yes! <laughs> Did every single one of us get a nat 20 there? Yeah. 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 Okay. I think um, so. so. I think so. so. Including me. So hey. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. The Patty. Yeah. Uh, what level did you cast this at? Third level. So it's going to be 12d6. I'm, I'm just going to say, just describe in gory detail the death of this creature because it, it's got um, 19 hit points okay. left. You, There's Sweet. no way you can roll that low. Fantastic. So what Patty's going to do is um, take out her, um, you see her reach into her pocket as she uh, sneers at this large giant. It's like, you've been off far more than you can chew. Don't judge people by their size. And she pulls out this doorknob that has an image of a skull holding a scroll in its mouth. And from that knob comes these bolts of radiant energy, and they basically sear this large giant right in the center of their forehead. And you you start to see essentially like the eyes begin to glow from inside, and he starts to scream, and you see these rays of light shooting out the ears and from the mouth and everything as like basically they essentially just start to melt from the radiant energy. Awesome. Um, all of that happens as the body kind of crumples. Um, this giant wasn't even looking at you. It was so engaged with Brunschlager that the the bolt hits it and it's almost a surprise for a second. As this thing crumples Brunschlager, you notice yeah. the armor start to hum and vibrate and then explodes. And I need you to make a dexterity saving throw. I know you're pretty good at I'm looking for anything that can help me in this instance. (laughs) Please. And oh, oh God. Okay, here we go. Um all right. I feel good about this. That's a 14. Unfortunately, that's not enough. Okay, hold on. All right. Fortune of the many. That's a 17 now. That's still not enough. Indomitable. I'm going to re-roll this. All right. <laughs> that's why I'm avoiding telling you what the number is, is I know you've got all these things that can make make. So that's a 17, happen. but I know a 17 fails. Fortune of the many. That's a 20. Does a 20 do it? 20 finally does it. Oh, dear God. Ah! <laughs> I don't know how many times you can do that, but I'm I, I'm I'm going to count this as like Brunschlager's legendary actions. And even though you eventually succeeded, I'm pretty proud of the fact that I made you use up all your legendary actions. I get right. one indomitable fortune. The money does not take up any action whatsoever. Oh okay. my fucking god, Lauren, don't kill me. <laughs> well, I am not going to kill you right now. Uh, so I'm you not. Would... I'm not CB. <laughs> The funny thing about Kazima is it, it's going to be a lot of like them hitting each other and not doing a lot of damage because everybody's on fire. Uh, you would take 28 piercing damage, but you will have that. So it'll only be 14 as um, you use every bit of your uh, quick thinking and reaction and skill and leaping and maybe even a little bit of luck to tumble and dodge and matrix dodge your way out of the shrapnel that flies everywhere. And it, it hurts. These are searing white hot pieces of metal, but fortunately you are covered in metal. So it's not so bad. 
Um, Lauren, would you like the damage split up or would you like it all totaled together for both? Uh, Unless you got fire damage, give it all to me together in just a second. Um, uh, I'm almost done. Yep. Brunschlager, you're you're still uh, awake, correct? Yeah. Awesome. Patty, since all this happened on Patty's turn, is there a a bonus action or a move you would like to do? Oh, yeah. She's going to send her spiritual weapon after the um, giant that's all up on Kazima and it's going to attack that particular giant. Can do. That's fire giant A. Sweet. That's an 18 to hit. Uh that just hits. Your your no, no. Yeah, your bottle had to kind of clink off of someone else's armor for a little bit before Love finally it. found a gap. All right, so that is eight force. All right. And then uh did you want to move anywhere? She's still holding up that door. All right, then we jump back to Seisha, who just landed a ton of damage on Fire Giant B. What Fire Giant B, between the crit and the second attack, takes 213 points of damage. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> and I take 45, half of 45, 22. Sure. 22 psychic damage. I stopped doing math when you uh, killed this fire giant in one hit. Describing <laughs> gory detail, the death of this creature. I would like to say, if any of you have watched any of the awesome videos that Deborah and Wall did uh, describing all of the, the things going on with this adventure, one of the things she highlights for DMs is don't go easy on your party. They're 10th level. They can handle themselves. I would like to present unto you proof of that fact. Seisha. What do you do when you when this fire giant expires? What's the what does it look like? Um, she basically speaks infernal to the hellhound, runs up. For the first hit, she runs up and takes the uh the Gathalan steel weapon and just slams it across his midsection, completely eviscerating him. And as he kind of falls forward, she when his head comes down, she reaches up and does a second slash across his throat, turns to the hound, smiles, turns and looks at Brunschlager and winks. All right. The hound suddenly feels the loosened chain as this fire giant collapses. Uh, fortunately, they do not have the same kind of epic armor the other one does, and so the armor does not explode. Um, you can kind of read from the body language that your words were taken seriously, but it was still considering its options. Your actions did a lot more to convince it that it it might want to hold off on doing things. Uh, all right. Uh, so that was back uh, numbers. Okay, we got Patty Runeshogger. It is your turn. Kuzima is on deck. There's still a fire giant up, right? There is still a fire giant and a hellhound that is uh, attacking Kuzima at this moment. Yes. Great. Uh, that fancy mace that the fi- big fire giant had, is that on the ground? Uh, sure. Why not? Great. I'm going to grab that. What is that? <laughs> so it is the size of you. Uh, Great. I know your your strength is high enough that I'll say that you can pick it up. You will not be able to wield it because it is literally the size of you. Uh, Give me an Arcana check. Okay. I'll let let you do a real quick Arcana check. 
Let's go. That's a 21. Okay. Um, you think that, um, you don't know exactly what this uh, scepter is. Uh, obviously, it hurt when it hit you. That weird burning sensation, it's still there. And you think that this was like a magical brand to keep you from being hidden from the creature that was wielding it. Um, you do think that it's either going to eventually go away on its own or there might be ways of getting rid of it. Right. And I can't just swing this at the remaining fire giant. You know what? It's funny enough. Uh, Give me a strength check. Oh. And normally I would say no, but this is a one shot for funsies. So any any day of the week, I'll give a strength check. Yeah, that's going to be a. You got to be careful, though. 22. You you got lucky then. The the dice going to be like, bam, natural one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm also. I am also one of those DMs, and I think you all know that. I if if you can't do something, I will not let you roll for it. So I only mm. accept rolls if it is possible. What'd you say? 21? 22. 22. You suddenly... you think you could you think you could wield it, uh, but it's gonna be clumsy. Um, and you're not attuned to it, so you don't think you're going to get the extra magical funness that it has. Uh, so, so basically, uh, you'll be swinging this at disadvantage. How much damage does it deal? Um, it's a, a, a non-insignificant amount of bludgeoning and fire damage. Uh, I mean, you got hit with it, so you kind of have a decent idea. It wasn't a ton of damage. Right, right. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going to swing this. I'm going to swing this. Sure. Uh so this is on the fire giant that is attacking Kuzima. Go ahead and give me your attacks with disadvantage. Fantastic. Oh. Okay. Well, I want to say that I have made no mistakes whatsoever. That's a twenty-two to hit. That does it. Great. Second attack. I just I just got I just got screwed out of a natural 20. Oh uh, that that's a 23 to hit. But listen, you still hit with both of them. Um so here's what I need you to do. Uh roll so each hit is gonna do three D6 plus seven. It would normally also do fire damage, but because you are not attuned to it, it's not gonna do the extra fire damage. So do three D6 plus seven twice. That's going to be 40 damage total. All right. And I'm going to add in my Sonic Strike. Okay. Which is going to be a D8. So uh, so 50 overall. Okay. Uh, this creature had been focused on Kuzima. And as you smack it basically in the back with the scepter, it turns to like glance out of the corner of its eye at... Uh, this large, imposing, armored figure holding the scepter that its leader had been wielding a moment ago. Um, A scepter that is large enough to be a Final Fantasy anime sword in your hands. And it it looks fairly worried at this point. Is there anything else you would like to do? 
Um, it can't understand common, can it? Um, this is the one. Okay, I'm gonna say this one. You're pretty sure does not understand common because when Kuzima uh, spoke at it, it didn't seem to react at all. Uh, just laughter, just metallic, maniacal God. laughter. Uh, the laughter rings out as Kuzima. It's your turn. Uh, yeah, you know, like thinking through the Rolodex of things they can do. Uh, yeah. but they got they got smacked pretty badly. Uh, so I think they kind of calmly uh look at this creature. Um, and I think probably we're not gonna see the first because that's like super close. You notice that some are there if they have like any type of, even like their skin, I'll say. Um, you know, like when you get like super uh, ashy, it almost becomes flaky. Um, mm. You see oh, their skin almost begin to flake and peel back very slowly. Um, and they're just kind of looking as the heat around is getting even brighter and and, and, and bolder. Um, and they speak, and he don't know what they can speak. Uh, but he's, in this, he says in Draconic, because he's a little angrier, uh, he says, you will be a suitable suitable sacrifice for the Lord. Uh, I'm going to cast Wither and Bloom at fifth level. All right. Uh, um, I think you can get both the Hellhound and the Fire Giant because that, that's a fairly like oh a, great. It's Even an area of effect, just, right? Isn't isn't, yep. isn't it? They need to make con saves. All yeah. right. So this is. Uh, we'll do the Hellhound first. Ooh, great. roll bad. That's a nine. Guy. Uh, the fire giant is going to be a 22. That does succeed. Barely, but did succeed. Uh, so that's going to be 5d6 for me. Uh, mostly, I, I believe this is necrotic damage? This is necrotic, yes. Okay. You see the, the, the fire is literally cauterizing, not cauterizing, actually, like, um, burning them, like, you, have you, have you ever seen images of, like, the aftermath of a, of a wildfire in a forest, the, the way trees look like? Yeah, their skin is just decimated. Yeah. Uh, that is going to be, uh, I can't math right now, uh, 19... 24 points, uh, that right? Yes, 24 points of necrotic damage and half if you succeed it, so 12. Okay. Uh, uh, more importantly, I'm going to <laughs> roll. Um, how many, how many is that? I mean, do I get five, four hit die? Five hit die? Four? Five? I don't know what, yeah, but something like that, yeah. What is the base? <laughs> I heard uh, four hit die. I'm going to roll four hit die and get those back. Um, so yeah, a 24 for a fire, for Hellhound, and uh, four and 12 for them. And All I'm right. Heal a good chunk because of, does that need to be fire damage to get that? Oh, no, 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 it doesn't. Yes. Uh, so I'm going to get even more health because of my enhanced bond and my moon sickle. Um, as a bonus action, uh, I mean, the thing I, Zawadi really wants to spit on these things, but he can't because I mean, they're he immune. He just knows, he knows better. That's all. He just, uh, <laughs> Zawadi right now has big Benny energy from the Lego movie. They really want to build. They really want to just, just God dang it. He kind of like kicks, so kicks a rock. Uh, oh. That's, that, that's going to be them. I'm going to heal though. All right. Uh, while, while you heal up, yep. um, it's that one's dead. Let's 
let's start with the hellhound that um Seisha is interacting with. Seisha, roll <laughs> me a persuasion check with advantage. Okay. One second. I had to redo some math because I misremembered, then I remembered. I'm at 66. Okay. Um persuasion. Yes, with advantage. Yeah. Twenty. <laughs> uh, that's gonna be plus seven, so twenty-seven. I you... rolled a ten and a twenty. <laughs> I mean, you watch as this creature cocks its head at you, looks at the smoldering remains of the one that had it on the chain, cocks its head back at you. It reaches out with its muzzle and goes. Oh. Bites into the chain at its that had been holding it, mm -hmm. and disturbingly easily just breaks breaks free, and then sits and pants at you like a puppy. Uh, I'll let you respond to that in a little bit. Meanwhile, okay. really quickly, I'm so sorry. This is important. Uh, really quickly, the thing, the one that died, how far away are they from me? Um, the 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 big guy, the one that Brunschlager and Patty just decimated. Yeah. Uh, that would have been like 60 feet. Never mind. Okay. Okay. Um, meanwhile, the other hound and the other giant who are real upset and have noticed that their attacks against Kuzima have not gone well. Um, and now the giant has been hit in the back with their own scepter. They're gonna turn to Brunschlager. Um... Let's start with the Hellhound. Uh, Brunschlager does a 21 hit. A 21 meets. And meets it beats. Uh, are you doing anything or do I roll? I don't, you've got like 3 billion ways of making things happen, so. Hit me. All right. Um, it's going to nom into your leg for five piercing damage and seven fire damage. Okay. Um, and that was you, and that was you, and then the fire giant is going to take its great sword, um, a twenty nine to hit, and a, and another natural twenty. Oh damn! Well, well but you don't you don't take crits, so yep. I don't have to worry about that. Lord, the twenties tonight. I know, I know, right? Listen, okay. I'm eating them up. I'm fine. Nom 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 nom. Uh, also, like I said, I've got the the red dragon dice going, so every time a 20 comes up, the, the red dragon just sweeps across the screen. I'm like, ah! Okay. Nice. Uh, the first hit is going to do 20 slashing damage. The second Protection one is field. going to... Uh, protected field reduces that by 11. So how much is it? Uh, it was 20 total. So 10, I guess, if you're, you're reducing that by how much? 11. So 9. Math. Sweet. The second hit is for 29 slashing damage. Great. Cool. Um we have to kill this now. And then are are you still awake? I'm I'm still up. Okay. Perfect. Is it gonna stay or is it gonna go? Should I stay? I should I go. Yeah, it's it's trying to decide if it wants to. Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll for it. Hold on. It's gonna stay. All right. 
it was you could see that it was it's our eyes were darting to the horizon now that it's companions are it doesn't know what happened to the other fire giant because you were on the side but its leader was smote um but it decides to stay Sasha, it is your turn you have a hellhound panting at you it's it's not your pet but you get the sense okay earned its respect it may not follow you or your orders but it's earned your you've earned its respect okay um i will say to it then you can come fight with me or you can eat and leave those are your options and i will Uh, yeah i will turn and begin running into the fight in the backyard Yeah, as you turn to leave, it considers the what's left of the fire giant that's there, and you hear it kind of derisively snort, and it just runs off. Oh, wrong answer. I'm taking off after it. Well, you said you can. Oh, I did leave. say you can eat. And leave. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's, that's right. It's deciding to do just the leave. Option part. B. It, it has this it looked at the meal that you've offered it and gone nah but it's also noping out of the fight <laughs> sure okay i'm taking off to the back uh, all right i don't know how long it takes me am i will i get within i'm not going to be able to get within you can um, get close but i'm going to say you're not going to be able to get within melee of the the hound or the fire giant that's left sure, sure. uh in that case uh, there's just one guy and the hound left. Yep. Oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to heal myself. <laughs> I put 40 points of healing into myself with lay on hands. That, that's fair. Oh, actually, no, because that would put me over cap. I put 29 points of healing into myself. That's even more fair. Uh, anything else? Um, I don't... I don't know that I can really do. Oh, you know what? Yes. With my bonus actions. Level 10 characters. Yeah. With my bonus action, I look at the uh, giant that is still up. Mm -hmm. And um, I say, you seek a woman and her children. You can go through me first. As I cast Compelled Duel. Does the giant need to understand you or just just hear you? It does not specify. You attempt to compel a creature into a duel. One creature that you can see within range must make a wisdom saving throw. Interesting. Uh, Yeah. It does not say anything about it having to understand you. I think because it's a... It's a magical compulsion? It's an enchantment. So I think it's just a magical compulsion. The... uh, the speech is just flavor. Okay. So, so you can tell game. you can tell that it hears you. It doesn't understand you. Wisdom saving throw? Yes. Uh, it's a 19. 15. Oh. It rolled not... a 19. Yeah. So it looks at you, but it doesn't understand you. And so it goes back to looking at Brunschlager. Cool. And that is my turn. All right. Patty, you're up. Brunschlager, you're on deck. Uh, cool. Well... Patty's going to go for another guiding bolt because why not against the giant that is definitely needing to go bye-bye. 
Okay. Um, so that, let's see what we get here. It's debating what level to cast this at. Oh, let's go as big. Go. We'll do we'll do the fifth level. That is going to be a 19 to hit. Or, no, wait, dirty 20 to hit. Dirty 20 to hit. They both hit. But yes, it hits. Okay. All right. So um I have to roll 8d6. So one moment, please. Sure. Um, and at the same time, the spiritual weapon will hit the um hound. Okay. Do that math a hell of a lot quicker. It's probably gonna whiff with a 10. Yeah, unfortunately. The okay. hound the hound has so, a thick hide. That's kind of what I figured. So I will be back in touch with how many dice I roll. Uh, I'm I'm gonna hold off for just a second because normally I'd be like, Brunschlager, what you doing? But uh, considering <laughs> the numbers y'all have been putting down. <laughs> I didn't realize how nasty level 10 is until this. Oh, the natural this 20s is... help as well. But they do. I'm sorry, Patty, what? 28 radiant. Awesome. Um, it is still standing. Uh, Brunschlager, you see it reel a little bit as it is hovering. It is looming. There's a loom happening. Um, anything else, Patty? That is everything for Patty. She's still staying at the door. All right, Brunschlager, you're up. Kazima's on deck. It got hit with Guiding Bolt. It did. It did. Which, which means that I no longer have disadvantage for this one attack. With the scepter? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, first Ooh. off, I'm going to activate Second Wind. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. Just to uh, throw this out there, I really need this thing to die. <laughs> I'm going to heal myself for 17 hit points. All I am right. now at 20. Hey, double digits. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to attack with this stupid scepter. Okay. I love Please. this. Oh, thank God. That's a crit. Okay. <laughs> um, there's no special crit damage. Um, cool. Let, let me... So it was, it was 3d6 plus 7 is the bludgeoning damage, so just double that. Once again, the fire is not going to do anything, but... Uh, I'm going to activate my static strike with this as well. Okay. Um, this is stupid. Uh, that's a lot of dice. It better be. It's a crit. Uh, that is going to be a grand total of 30 damage on the first hit. All right. This thing is still standing, but now it's starting to reconsider the idea of staying. Yeah. Which, it's not its turn, so it can't do anything. So. <laughs> I can't mess around. I'm going to drop the scepter and hit with my chain. Okay. I can't miss with this. I need this to hit him. Okay. Please. Uh, 24 to hit. That does hit. Great. Going to roll me a d8. And that is going to be a grand total of 16 damage. It had 15 health left. Describe oh. in gory detail how you take this giant down. Ooh. I'm taking off its head. With a chain. Yeah. Just <gasps> grinding away at this flesh. Okay. Um, yeah, it it takes a couple hits. You finally drop the scepter because as awesome as it is, it's a little unwieldy. And something about going back to your chosen weapon just feels right. And so when you smack at this thing's neck, it just goes onto the ground. Anything else? 
uh no i'm good that was that's all i needed all right uh kuzima all it's... that seems to be left um is a fiery re- hellhound reaction um as the head apparently is decapitated mm-hmm. um as it falls to the are you catching the head or are you just letting it hit the ground you're just gonna hit, can hit it's gonna hit the ground uh as the head hits the ground uh it suddenly bursts into flame Okay. Uh, and like just is eviscerated un- into nastiness, but there is now just like a very almost ethereal uh, fire that is left behind. As I'm going to use my cauterizing flames ability as a reaction, um, and as it does, I just point to the spot uh, to Brunschlager stand um, in like this circle of fire. Um, um, that's just a reaction after it died. The okay. hell. The hell hound thing. Um, I guess I'm I'm gonna uh um is growling and snapping and very, very angry. You're right. Um what I'm going to do is uh I feel like that's overkill. Um uh on on honestly, uh it's not a person. Uh I I'll just snap my finger at the very least. And like, as I snap, it's like um, too much friction is causing like an actual spark. And as it sparks, that spark kind of like flies up and suddenly a beam of light um, uh, comes down upon this hellhound as I cast Moonbeam. All right. It. Uh, my form is going to go back into just being me, no longer raging wildfire thing. Because uh, it is concentration. Uh, and that's, 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 that's going to be me. All right. What's the saving throw I got to make to avoid damage? 20. Uh, but what kind? Oh, you're right. Uh, that thing is a constitution. All right. Ah, that's an 11. That fails. Uh, so on, on its turn, which is next, is going to take, um, so I have, what, what are where are you? Uh, oh, that's not bad. Uh, 19 points of damage. Um, out of 20. Hey, Kuzima. Uh, what's that? Brunschlager's looking super hurt, even though uh, they they kind of healed themselves up a little bit. They're looking uh-huh. super, super hurt. And this hellhound was thinking about taking a chomp, and then your moonbeam came down and described in gory detail the death of the street. Oh, very nice. I don't, I don't think it's in gory detail because that's not his style. Um, um, it just is the fire is going to do what it wants to do. And pointedly, this is not the fire. This is the radiant, um, uh, energy that comes from, it's almost like the plasma, uh, of the fire itself. Um, and he looks down at the hell and just says, again, nothing can stop the Lord of fire. Uh, looking back at Brunschlager, stand. And we are out of initiative. <laughs> Wee. Brunschlager immediately just coughs up blood. Stand. Wait. Where? In the fire. <laughs> Why would I stand in the fire? Does someone else want it? Because I'll just give it to someone else. Actually, I snap um, in another flame. Uh, comes where the hellhound just landed. I I stand in the fire looking at Kazuma incredulously. You're going to get some healing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, You're going to get... uh, Where are you at? Sorry, my dice are all over the place right now. 
Hello. I'm sorry, Patty. I, could, I think I cut you off. What are you going to do? No, I mean, Patty's just like, well, I mean, if, if he doesn't, I will. Right. Uh, there is another one if you want to take it to take that one, Patty. Um, Patty, Patty has not been touched. Oh. <laughs> Patty just Patty wanted to feel too better. Woo. <laughs> Patty just wanted to look awesome in a, a no, circle like, of fire. No, Patty's like, if, if, if you don't heal him, she's going <gasps> to heal him type of thing. Oh, not she's going to take them. Gotcha. Uh, that is 22 points of healing. I do uh, like how uh, Omega and I both went for the, oh, you're going to stand in the fire and just have some no. fun. <laughs> that makes way more sense. Um, and there is another one if you want to take it without using the spell slot. Do you want to use Rune it for Oh. Runeslugger goes, oh, uh, can I take that one too? She's just like unblinking stare. Bruce, you know just... the hellhound won't eat a fire giant. True story. Fun facts stands on fire. <laughs> uh, Eighteen points, Haley. For, for the record, I started off that last round at three. Mm. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, you oh, y'all decimated these things, but they got in a couple real good hits. Mm -hmm. So once again, level ten. I I didn't. I only took damage from myself. <laughs> yeah, mean, you're over here atomizing a fire giant. I'm here going. <laughs> I mean, doing my best I, Rocky impression. I mean, Bruchar, you came darn close. So you all, you all, <laughs> yeah. Uh, as Brunschlager is soaking up some of this fire healing and the rest of you are are coming together, there's a weird moment of quiet as this intense 30 seconds or so finally comes to an end um kuzima you, you just barely hear what sounds like a hellhound trotting off into the distance you, you just kind of hear that <laughs> you don't see them but you kind of hear it um and a few seconds later the barn door opens just a hair and you see Ignis standing there while sword is at the ready and she kind of looks at the carnage and says well I guess you don't need any help this is quite impressive thank you you needed the help right uh, yes, but I was going to, I, I was expecting to have to come and help a little bit, but I am gratified to see that that was not necessary. And she sheathes the sword and says, well, I was going to be leaving soon anyway. I think I will accelerate my plans. There, this is definitely not a place I want to stick around and if they've found me here once, then uh, Invida will find me here again. He will keep sending people. So thank you, though. You've bought me precious time in order to be able to gather up some more supplies, uh, to be well outfitted for taking my children into the woods. If and she you, holds open the door for you. If you ever... Oh, 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 oh. Wait, wait a minute, Angus. And um, Patty's like quickly scrawling something onto one of her 
sheets of paper and she hands it over and she um has basically written an address and she goes look my dads they're pretty cool they speak our language quite literally they've been empty nesting since myself and my twin sis well we're triplets really since the three of us left so i'm sure they'd love the company feel free to go and visit them she takes it and nods I really appreciate this. I probably won't accept this generosity right away, just until I know that I've shaken the trail. I don't wish to bring more of Invido's lackeys, calling it anyone, uh, any other innocence. But maybe once, once we have found some peace, and she nods and tucks it away. And Seisha? All right. Oh, Patty beat me to it. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody's got dads who are willing to take on. I got got three of them living in a uh, a, uh, very out of the way place. But I think you'd probably be better off going with uh, Patty's family. (laughs) Mine can be a little persnickety. She smiles at that and looks at specifically the two of you, but takes in all four and says, I'm glad to know that you have family who care for you as much as I care for my children. Hosima pointedly, like, gets out of that conversation. Um, and then she says, it, it's going to take me a few more hours to gather up the necessary supplies. I, I think we should probably leave before it is dark just to be safe. Um, was I, I guess this place is yours or whoever is going to come, although you should probably warn anyone who comes. There might be another visit from Invito's folks. I think if we tell folks in Daggerford what happened, I'm sure we can find someone who'd be willing to come up and take over here. Uh, time out. We may not want to tell the whole story because if they find out that there's a mama giant with a couple of kids in tow, oh, mm. they may misinterpret things. No, I'm I'm saying that Arthur was killed and the farm is now derelict. Um, although they may have questions when they look inside. We have fire giant corpses. Mm-hmm. We can blame it on fire giants. That's a very good point. These fire giants took over. Oh, it's good thing the family's not here. And um, if we want to be thorough, and he snaps his fingers again and gets like a, a nice chunk of a fire um, a moat appears. If we want to make sure that they understand that this really was the fire giants and no one else destroying the house my only concern is the way that he makes the cheese is somewhere here and the animals are still here and i think it would be easier to tell them the fire giants killed him and moved in maybe singe some stuff but don't burn the house to the ground I hear the point. Sorry. I am attempting to accept the point. (laughs) I know. I'm a a killjoy. I'm sorry. Uh, Ignis will speak up and 
say a couple of things. First, she'll say, she'll say that if you're looking for if you're looking for notes about how Arthur took care of his cheese, you'll probably find them in his office. I don't know anything about any of his techniques, but I know he kept extensive notes. And she'll oh, then notes. look at Kuzima and say, I can definitely show you where you can strategically leave some burns that won't damage the house too much. Then she'll lead the way. Uh, she'll lead you all back inside the house, through the barn, into the main area. Um, the She'll point to the, the only room in this house that seems to still be medium creature-sized, uh, the door there, and she'll say, that's his office. If you can't find the notes there, then honestly, I don't know where else to look, but like I said, they should be there. I um, have a nose for sniffing out information. And um, she'll start to pack up and, uh, and say to Kazima that when we're all, when everybody's ready to go, she'll point out a few yeah. places. He's patient. Yep. Um, and then we'll take some time to retrieve her children out of the cellar and get them, uh, make sure everybody's okay. Because even though she left them in a fairly safe place, they're kids. Yeah. They get into yeah. trouble. Brunschlag is going to go for some vet cheese. All right. I'm going to look for notes. Okay. Brunschlager is headed into the the basement. Uh, Sasha's headed into the office. Uh, and, how about we got the? Um, uh, I look at uh, Patty. Do we get the the milk? No, but I can. Um, and I'll say when you ask that, when she realizes what's going on, because she had said that she was going to get a a good jug of milk for you. Mm -hmm. Um, the the giant points over at a, a large but manageable um i don't remember what those things are called the things that they put milk in milk jugs uh there's a special name for it uh she points to that and and says uh, i've taken the liberty of packaging that up for you i was able to do that before everything went a little wrong um but yes you are free to take that so all you really need is the cheese. Um, so Bridgesucker's going into the basement. Um, Seisha's going into the office. Uh, Patty, with that information, what would you like to do? Um, she goes out to where uh, those three graves are, and she's going to quickly carve Arthur's name onto a slab of wood nearby and leave it at his... Uh, at the top of the grave, and she'll also make note of his name in her continuously growing scroll. That's very sweet. Uh, Ignis will look very approvingly on this when she sees you doing this. Uh, Brunschlager, how about you? Or no, Brunschlager's going into the, the basement. Um, Kazima, what are you doing? Um, you know, I'm waiting to for everyone else. Uh, do you want to come look with me? I do. To, to gather notes no but i will <laughs> okay you don't have to but i wouldn't mind all right <laughs> <laughs> if 
like, that is not his forte. <laughs> like, uh. Just don't touch any paper. Mm. Um, if anything, he'll like guidance uh, nice. Seisha. So their investigation of whatever goes better, just in case. <laughs> yes. So because the two of you are working together, uh, it, it doesn't take very long when you open up this door. This is kind of a, uh, this is obviously an office study. There's um, a desk and it doesn't take long to search through the desk to find what is listed as uh, the Holro Cheesemonger's Almanac, oh, which uh, I am going to send the the bunch of you some uh, two files that you should be able to take a look at mm -hmm. um, that are the the couple pages out of his book that like you look through this almanac and you kind of find the the relevant pages talking about his process and the things that he's noticed and all of that stuff um and there's a a third piece of paper that falls out that is listed as cheese sample observations which we'll get to in a moment uh while the, the two of you puzzle over that haha um, Broomsauger, you've gone into the basement, uh, and you can clearly see one of these is just kind of a regular storeroom, and the other one is this long, it's almost a hallway, filled with rows upon rows upon rows of wheels of cheese. I, okay. There's a lot of pigeon. <laughs> it is. It is. And I, I just want to say that I, I accept this because I have a bag of holding. Okay. I'm just stuffing cheese in the bag. Okay. As much as possible. Do you do the supermarket sw uh, sweep and where you just kind of put your arm out and... Uh, Oh, basically make all the cheese just fall off the the shelves right into the bag oh yeah oh but <laughs> except for one which i'm just kind of like jamming up underneath the curtain to chew on while i'm putting cheese in the bag okay um out of curiosity oh you... god no wait Sorry. does it matter what cheese you grab or are you just grabbing any kind of cheese i'm grabbing every kind of cheese i mean the one that you're gonna eat no, surprise me. Awesome. Uh, go ahead and roll a d4. I don't like that you said that. I right, listen. You said surprise you. I'm gonna surprise you. <sighs> Two. Um. All right, and roll a d4 one final time for me. Three. Three. You have um, a cheese chart. Oh yeah, I haven't even gotten to the cheese chart yet. Um, listen, Deb is is thorough. Uh, this is the piece of paper that fell out. That's the cheese sample observations. Um, while uh, Seisha and Kuzima are looking over that, uh, uh, Sugar, the piece of the cheese that you grab is one of the smaller ones. Um, the rind is green, and when you chow down on it, at first it's got kind of a little bit of a sour flavor to it um and and you're gonna have some bad breath for a while it's gonna be bad it's super super bad 
is this is you're like this is what they make the special mac and cheese out of i don't understand but nothing bad happens great next piece <laughs> as i'm moving all the cheese in the bag for the next 20 to, 20 to 25 minutes i'm the cheese man like you're the cheese man um i will be kind and say that you don't accidentally eat the cheese that you're looking for that maybe you get to the one that is specifically the seven the one that's been aged for seven seasons and maybe put those into the bag uh as you're chowing down and like some of these have holes and some of them are have a pink rind and some of them are huge like literally 80 pounds of cheese and i'd like to imagine that's the one you're munching on when you come upstairs (laughs) is you've just got bag of holding in one hand giant wheel of cheese in the other om nom nom um seisha and kuzima and i can say even patty at this point You've been looking over these these notes of Arthur's, and I know there is a lot. Um, do you have any questions? And uh, for the people at home, basically what the notes are talking about is how um, the cheese is aged over seasons. And uh, you've been told to look for the, the cheese that's been aged for seven seasons. And what Arthur does is he's got an experimental version and a control version and a saleable version, which is why there were three cheeses on the shelf of seven. Uh, can I answer some questions? Betty, could you translate something? Okay. Um, and Seisha walks over with the journal. This last note, can you tell Ignis what this says? Especially the last line. Yeah, absolutely. That That's an easy ask, kiddo. Uh, you'll find Ignis is, um, she's once again let her, she's got both children out in the uh, greenhouse and she's, uh, harvesting some stuff out of the greenhouse while the two children are playing you know, kind of in the dirt nearby. Um, and so you can very easily find her. Hey, uh, Ignis. Yes. Found a little something about you and the kiddos in Arthur's journal notes. Oh? Yeah, just, you know, a quick little note. Uh, think you might like hearing it. Okay. So... Basically, it says, my new friend is helping keep the children out of the basement. Trade is not the most elegant solution, but it works for now. I'll have to come up with something better for next season. Let's just say he was planning on keeping you guys around. You know, we never really got a chance to speak to each other. But we communicated just fine, and it was very obvious to me. He was a very kind, gentle soul. Okay, I'm going to have a really weird offer for you, kiddo. Yes. Oh, would you? Hmm. I could help you talk to him. It's just going to involve a slightly unsavory situation where um, we'd need to exhume his body, but you could ask him five questions and I can translate for the two of you. A couple of emotions go across her face. There's there's definitely confusion. There's a moment of disgust at the idea of exhuming the body, but then she realizes the path you're going on and what you're offering. And she thinks for a very long moment and says, that is a very 
kind offer, but I I don't think there's any questions I could answer I could ask him that I don't already know the answer to. Totally fair. Just wanted to make sure I offered it because you never know. Some people have things that are left as unfinished business and um far be it for me to walk away when, you know, considering I'm literally probably the one person who could help you still chat with him. I appreciate that, but like I said, we were able to communicate in our own way. But thank you. I that is very kind. If a little creepy. creepy. I get that a lot. Mm, very very creepy, but eventually kind. Um for those of you looking over which uh, all the cheese stuff, mm-hmm. do you have any questions? Um he said 7 seasons, correct? Yes, exactly. Seven seasons okay. is what uh, the chef what told you. What season are we in now? Um, you are currently in the spring. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So we need something from the summer. We have dry heat. So we need, let's see, dry heat. And if it. If it helps while uh, Seisha is looking over these notes, the three cheeses that are on the shelf labeled um, seven uh, seven seasons. The first one has holes and a pink rind. Okay. The second one has a green rind. Okay. The third one has holes and a green rind. And mm-hmm. All of them are huge. All of them are 80 pounds of huge. Okay, so we need season was mostly dry. Sample was covered. We know the samples were covered because of the rats. And not too dry spring, I think. Oh, unusually warm spring. The thaw came fast. Rivers are full, so that wasn't dry. Okay. So we had a very hot summer, but not too dry, but they started out in a dry heat. So it's gonna be both dried which means it should be green and it was covered, which means it should have holes. You said one was green and had holes and large. Yep. Yep. I think that's the one. You can uh, mark that off somewhere as the saleable cheese. Um, is there anything else y'all would like to do here in the house? Uh, as you can see, Ignis is kind of gathering up stuff to prepare to leave with her kids. Uh, but you now have cheese and mustard seeds and, uh, milk. And Kuzima has fire. Um, if no one minds, I'd like to take one of the control cheeses back to Waterdeep to give to Javier to see if... He can do something with it. It won't have the the magical perfection, but be fun. Brunschlager holds open the bag of holding. It's somewhere in here. You know what? Never mind. <laughs> That's a uh, lot of okay. cheese. Yes. Oh, it's a lot of cheese. Uh, as you all leave, um, Ignis works with Kuzima to gently leave very intentional fire marks in places that won't damage the structural integrity of the house. Yeah. Um, yes? Yeah, so, do you yeah. put, 
Do you put any artistic flair on that before you oh, leave? Oh, it's not even artistic. Uh, but yes, um, um, and, and he's going to make sure that the, the corpses also are burned in, in any way, shape, or form. Um, uh, not to make them unnoticeable, because we need to make sure they didn't know those fire giants. Uh, but still. Um, but specifically on the leader, the body of the leader, mm-hmm. uh, and somewhere that's... N- not noticeable to like the the naked eye but someone really has to like look um they um as they burn um they also etch um um it seems like an ashen crude uh like you know like like wood burning uh technique type vibe um uh and it looks like a a a giant uh, eye for lack of a better word with a couple of uh, spots beneath it uh, and almost what seems like maybe smoke or like the outline of a uh, fire itself around it. Not too much to look like a perfect picture, but like if you look in the right angle, you can tell that there's definitely imagery um, of something or someone, uh, perhaps the Lord of Fire, uh, making putting the mark down, um, especially that's on awesome. the fire giant, because that that's that's more of a, a threat. Mm. Excellent. Uh, yeah, it takes you a little while, but you're kind of a master of fire, so you got this. Um, you all part ways. Uh, Ignis is going to take her children. You you watch as she heads not in the direction of Daggerford, but away from it and not in the direction of where all the giants came from, kind of holding one kid and the other in a little um, uh, sling on her chest. Um, she thanks you all again. You manage to make it back to Daggerford just as the sun is going down. Um, and Kaga and his uh, crew of people are overjoyed to see all of you alive and healthy and well. Uh, he is very sad to hear about Arthur. Um, and it sounds like the tale that you tell is the fire giants who are responsible and you leave Ignis out of it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um he says that he'll when, when we present this and tell him that someone probably needs to go back up there to um tend to things and uh we'll give them the notes um be careful because more fire giants may come looking for the ones that were killed understand so they still get the warning but the we leave ignis and her kids out of it completely Mm -hmm. that is uh, good to know um i'll contact uh, i I know a couple of his family who are traveling the sword coast uh i know uh several of them i think one of them is actually in Waterdeep. um there's an apothecary up north i'll have to I haven't communicated with them in a while, but I know some of his family and they would want to know. And if anyone can take care of themselves and that plot of land, it would, it would be some of the Hallrow family, but you have someone you can send up there to take care of the animals until they can get there. Oh yes, absolutely. I know. I know of some local friends who would be happy to help. Okay. Thank you. I hate to ask, did you happen to get any of the ingredients? And you watch as Kaga kind of turns and unintentionally looks at the, the the crowd of patrons. And there's quite a few children who are looking, they have something in front of them that looks delicious, but they all look a little disappointed. 
Um, I do have a quick question, Lauren, before we give them the cheese. Um, yes. Season was mostly wet versus season was mostly dry. Because the weather events changed over the course of those seven seasons, um, I'm assuming the rind turning green is the one we want because that's when the cheese was first set and that was during a dry season. Is that a fair assumption? Uh, it's not just a fair assumption. It's the correct assumption. Okay. Uh, because yes, as yes. you awesome. reach in Brunschlager, as you are instructed which cheese to pull out, you pull Holes out- and green. And large. And large. Gotta be big. Uh, and you hand over the mustard seeds and the cheese and the milk and Haga is overjoyed and insists that you stay and have dinner on the house uh, as well as he's going to pay you what he promised you. And it doesn't take long for him to actually cook up some of these magnific magnificent stumble noodles that literally brings cheers from the children in this tavern as he just gives bowls to people. Um, and as he comes around and gives bowls to all of you, basically imagine the most perfect bowl of macaroni and cheese you have ever had and double it. And that's what he's given you. In fact, because you all um, managed to figure out which of the cheeses to grab that was the correct one, not only is it absolutely delicious, and I know we're right here at the end of the game, but you get a, a magical effect from it um oh. so so hey you know the next time uh you, you can use your reaction to do all sorts of fun things which you kind of feel wash over you as both it fills your belly and it fills your heart and it it just feels like it's been a long day but you've done good because that's what food does it yeah. helps not that it matters super, super much, but you know, it is just on par. Um, uh, he probably didn't eat a lot of it, but he does. I'm sure he has like a garden or something, uh, mm -hmm. you know, where they or at least where they have like the herbs and things of that nature. Um, he takes some of those mustard seeds, um, mm -hmm. plants them, and then casts plant growth to make sure they always stay abundant. Oh. So he doesn't have to worry about not having it anymore. That's beautiful. That's so heartwarming. <laughs> And that's yeah. I I feel like that is uh the the cinematic version of this story as you all are finishing up eating these giant bowls of delicious cheesy goodness as we watch Kuzima uh exit and go along to the side of the tavern in order to sprinkle some seeds and make these mustard seeds grow as we pull back hearing the laughter of children who have been waiting so patiently to be able to have the best mac and cheese in the world and are finally able to have macaroni and cheese we'll stop there and thank you congratulations you won saving the children's <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much to everybody for watching. Um, I know we're, we're right at time. Let's go around real quick since all these wonderful people are guests on this channel. Uh, so they can, well, most of them. We'll, we'll start with the other person who's around for most of the time. Uh, Goblin, where can people find you on the internet? Hello, everybody. I am Goblin Katie, a.k.a. Katie Downey. You can find me on all the socials at Goblin Katie, K-A-T-I-E, one word. Um, catch me every Sunday here on D4. Well, not every Sunday. Goodness, we have mm. one D4 episode left on January 7th at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. It's the big climactic fight. And uh, 
it'll I, be fine. I think we can we can both agree it's going to be fine. Fine. It's going to be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> v, how about you? Hi everyone, I'm V Muse. You can find me on various parts of the internet as V Muse. Sometimes there's an underscore thrown in there just for funsies. Uh, but if you see the pro profile picture that looks like me, guess what? It me. Um, you can find me and Lauren this Friday for Paint and Slay as we finish painting up a abominable Yeti. <laughs> the abominable Yeti. Paladin? Hi, my name is Paladin, otherwise known as HD Paladin. You can usually find me in the woods behind your house, but online you can find me on Twitter, on Instagram, and soon on YouTube. I need to go check the woods behind my house. And last but certainly not least, Omega. Hello, everybody. It has been me, your boy, uh, Omega Jones, also known as Critical Bard. Critical Bard across all social media channels. You can catch me many places, uh, again, at Critical Bard. I do way too much, specifically this upcoming Thursday. Uh, my episode of Faster Purple Worm Kill Kill uh, is going to be live on Amazon Freebie and Plex, <laughs> where things happen and choices were made. Uh, I have never regretted a choice. Until I made this choice. And you'll find out what that is next time on Dragon Ball Z. Uh, but uh, no, uh, the, you can find me everywhere. And thank you so much for having me back. I've missed this, my fire boy. Uh, and yeah, we'll see him soon one day. It was a joy to run this adventure for all of you. Thank you to uh, my DM, Deborah Ann Wall, who runs a game on Tuesdays called Children of Verte. You can find over on the Dem on the Demiplane RPG channel on Twitch. Um, but otherwise, uh, thank you to D4 for letting me take over your stream for a little while, and we'll see you next encounter. Thank you, Bye. Lauren. You were fabulous. Bye. Yes. Bye. 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 Excuse me, I, I hate to interrupt you, but we are closing for the evening. Um, tell you what, I'll mark your place in this book. That way you can come back where you left off next week. It'll be our secret.